0: ready to hear some noise tonight.
1: You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio.
2: No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Phil, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Come on, St. Louis hockey fans, stand up and cheer. The Blues are back strong. This is our year. It's the Blues And we'll do it long. It's the blues turn now. You know we can't lose. We are St. Louis, the
1: home of the blues. Come on, St. Louis. Come on, St.
3: Louis. Come on, St. Louis. Let's do that hockey.
4: Welcome to Season 7, Episode 20 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. The uh, the ones who started it all, Let's Go Blues Radio. We're live on Wednesday, November 7th, 2018. This is franchise episode number 153 all time. My name is Kurt Price and I'm here with Bill Day and Jeff Ponder once again uh, to interact with us uh, or the show on social media. You can follow us on Twitter where most of our show interaction takes place. It's at LGB Radio. And you can send us tweets, and we'll read them on the air if you'd like. Uh, mine is at Kurt Price. Bill's is at Billy Blue Note. And Jeff says at JPonder94. Also, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook. And the website is letsgoblues.com. Uh, if we have time later, and if you want to talk some hockey, we'll open the show up for you to join us. Uh, and uh, uh, So check our Twitter account for that info, uh, which, again, at LGB Radio when uh, that time comes. Uh, Please check out the letsgoblues.com shop and consider buying a reasonably priced shirt, mug, or sticker. All proceeds go back into the show. And the uh, Jeff the Stanley Ponder Cup Memorial Tournament is 10 days away.
3: That's correct. Uh, Paul, how we doing?
4: We're doing good. How are you? Great. How's the road?
3: Uh, uh, Well, the the road was very much traveled by me this week. So am I to understand you had
5: poutines?
3: (laughs) I did have some poutines. Yes. I also had a poutine. Hmm. Um, No, I, so I started on Sunday with my travels, Uh, took a flight, supposed to go to Ottawa for a uh, hockey expo for my company. Um, That routed me. You ready for this one? I went from St. Louis to Orlando to Ottawa.
5: (laughs) Sounds about right.
3: So that was fun, Uh, especially with the fact that I was coming back on a Sunday night through Orlando. So that means all of the families with little kids who didn't want to leave Disney World were all leaving. So that was a fun, fun plane ride, let me tell you. (laughs) Screaming kids. Literally one kid punching his mother in the chest saying, I don't want to go. And I'm just, oh, this is the worst. I need to get to... Canada fast.
4: Kids nowadays. Uh,
3: yeah, that was fun. So, went to Ottawa, stayed there for two days, uh, and then actually rode in a car back down to New Jersey, where my company's based. Um, so, it's uh, it has been a lot of travel the last couple days, but I am coming to you live from the beautiful Garden State of New Jersey in Cranford, if anyone knows where that's at.
4: It's a very nice hotel room you got there. Was that a hotel room? Or is that a what is it's, that?
3: It's actually a coworker's house.
4: Coworker's house. Okay, All right. He's
3: sitting right next to me watching the show.
4: It looks like a New Jersey house. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it, <laughs> I have no idea what that means. I'll
3: be happy to hear that.
4: I have no idea what that means. And he's
3: he's, not, he's on about a five second delay, so he's probably going to laugh here in a second.
5: <laughs> is that the? Is this the first time we've had a live studio audience? Because I think that qualifies.
4: Oh yeah
3: true That
4: is true. no need for a
5: laugh
3: track stu- this show he is in studio i'll i'll, I'll uh cue him to, to laugh i'll hold up a sign applause <laughs> um so uh <laughs> we're getting applause everybody hey uh, uh so anyway yeah the uh the, the stanley ponder cup tournament uh we'll go into that a little bit 10 days away so means we'll have one more show before the tournament we are all full. We uh, we filled up on Sunday with our last players. So, thank you, Pat sheer for signing up. Uh, and um, November seventeenth, it's in uh, not this coming Saturday, but the Saturday after. For you St. Louisans, it's out at Queenie Park, uh, Midwest Sport Hockey. And uh, as I've said before, it's not just bad hockey that'll be played by a bunch of grown men. It's going to be a wonderful raffle with uh, some really cool prizes. We've got a lot of really cool ones. It was looking thin about a month ago and things just started pouring in. Uh, we got a, a, a Tarasenko Jersey that just came in officially the other day. We got a couple of the, uh, the house flags. Uh, one has the St. Louis, um, uh, what's it called? The logo, the emblem for St. Louis. Tor-
4: torda, Torda, no, no the, um Florida, 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 Florida,
3: just like eating a couple poutines.
4: I'm not French.
3: <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, we got some really cool stuff. As I said before, mm-hmm. a Lake Erie Otters, Connor McDavid jersey, which is a pretty big deal. And then uh, I found out that my mom was able to wrangle some, uh, some really interesting things. I, I, I don't want to say what it is because I want to leave the intrigue open. It has nothing to do with hockey. Very cool stuff that she was able to get. So, um, come on out November 17th, starts at two o'clock. It uh, goes to about 10.30, and then uh, bar stays open until about 1. Uh, the more beer we drink, the cheaper the rink is. So if you're just, what am I going to do Saturday night? Come out and have a couple beers. Help us uh, raise a little bit more money for charity. I uh, hope to see you guys out there.
4: Uh, Blues Rance uh, mentioned in the YouTube chat that uh, he's watching us on his big screen TV. So That's, that's kinda, awesome. That's kind of cool.
3: So my head looks even bigger than usual
4: hard to get there but yeah, it's happened I, I feel sorry for the for his tv uh we got some special guests later on in the show uh in a few minutes uh from the uh, teal town youtube webcast uh they cover those san jose sharks uh, good friends of the show chris and eric so uh you can uh, find their show on uh, on twitter at teal town usa uh, but we'll talk with them here shortly uh a lot of talk probably about the game on thursday against the sharks
3: I don't know. I, I was thinking we could probably recap the last two games first. Um, <laughs> yeah. Probably yeah. open it up to the audience first.
4: Sure. Yeah. In about an hour and a half, we'll get to them. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. You guys might just hang it out for you know. Say something if you mind. Yeah. Oh, I don't hear anything. Yeah. I guess we're good.
4: Uh, so, what are the uh, the official beers of episode number one hundred fifty three? Bill. Well, we have Bill and I have the same beer.
3: Yes. Yes, we do.
5: Um, four hands, ill repute available only locally at schnooks markets mm-hmm. um, pump, Imperial pumpkin stout and uh, yeah it's it's pumpkiny it's,
4: it's pumpkiny a little vanilla y yeah very pumpkiny actually yeah and that cameras way over there um, it's it got a cool label <laughs> <laughs> it, eh,
5: yeah it's, uh, no, it's not bad it, it's good it's a good seasonal beer I like it, it it's uh, it's not uh, not overwhelmingly pumpkin.
4: Um uh, it's not a pumpkin bomb by any means. Um, but pumpkin's there. Pumpkin spice, some vanilla. More pumpkin spice than a lot of pumpkin beers that I've had, but it's good. I like it. Good old four hands. Uh Jeff, do you have a do you have a, do they have beer in New Jersey?
3: Well, they do have beer in New Jersey. Um, surprisingly, I know how crazy you know what is crazy? I think I might have actually mentioned this on a show before. A lot of the restaurants, it's B Y O B. Hmm. Oh really? It's weird. It's weird. I've never seen that before. I I don't know. I don't get it. But whatever, New Jersey's a bunch of crazy weird people.
5: <laughs> it's gotta be a mafia um, thing, right? Right.
3: So 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 I actually have a wonderful tie-in and I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch this like it was completely intentional. So the beer that I have tonight is Joseph's bra. I think that's how you say it, right? Joseph's bra from Trader He's Joe's. Give me a funny look. From Trader Joe's. It's a Pilsner, uh Czech style lager. Pretty good. It's uh it goes down a little rough, but it's not bad. It's good. Uh brewed in San Jose, California. Oh. Did wow. that totally intentionally. That is,
4: yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's a serendipitous thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Today in Blues History, courtesy of the at STL Blues History Twitter account. If you don't follow them and you're a Blues fan, uh, please do. Uh, You should be if you're not. Uh, Great information every day. Uh, 1968, November 7th, 1968. Red Berenson scores six goals in the greatest single game achievement in St. Louis Blues franchise history. Um, And uh, he tweeted out, I guess the Blues spent too much money on bringing Jerry Lawler in and couldn't afford to bring in read last night to celebrate because the uh, he's talking about wwe night mm. so yes yeah <laughs> yes
5: is that is that on the outline or, are we going to talk about that yeah or? a little bit yeah we'll talk right. about it. you can save
4: right. any any uh any comments that right. you have right. for right. that part of the show i i yeah but i but, have comments but, but Bar- uh i think we all do uh Baronson said that uh uh he explained that scoring uh, goals was just like planting trees. When I read that, I was like, what the f- what's that mean? He goes, Some years you plant 12 and five or six of them come up. Uh, some years you plant 12 and none of them come up. Tonight, everything was going in. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so he kind of he kind of halfway got there, I guess, with that.
5: Mm, almost would prefer a bland, uh, bland yeah, soundbite hockey cliche. Sure. Yeah.
4: <laughs> that was a team effort. Yeah. It was a good team effort. My teammates got some good passes. Yeah.
5: I don't know. Maybe that's the reason why hockey players don't try for <laughs> metaphors. Yeah. yeah. They're too busy planting trees. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or being bad at metaphors.
4: Right. I don't know. One of the two. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so we do have, uh, like I said, our, uh, we have some guests from San- the San Jose Sharks webcast uh, called Teal Town. So Eric uh, and Chris. Uh, we welcome Aaron and Chris to the show. They uh, uh, it covers the their podcast covers the San Jose Sharks. If I'm not mistaken, their show is usually a post game show, uh, following obviously the San Jose Sharks games. Um, and we've done a few post game shows in the past, and they're always a lot of fun. So, um, fellas, uh, welcome to the show. Um, how are you guys tonight?
0: Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh thanks for having us on. Always appreciative. Kurt, we've gone back a few years, so appreciate you uh having us on the uh on the podcast this evening.
1: Yep, same, doing very well tonight. Uh glad to glad to return the favor. Cool.
3: Hey guys, here's a here's a Let's Go Blues Radio first. You ready for this? We have both coasts and the Midwest represented right now. How about that? Uh, how about
1: that? Uh, <clears throat> at least three different time zones. Yes,
4: that's true. <laughs> mm. it's a, it it could be. This is a rarity in podcasting. I'm sure of it. I mean, well, yeah, yeah. we're
5: we're we, doing more in one podcast than our politicians can do. We're bringing everyone together, the whole country. <laughs> we're united.
4: <laughs> we are not allowed to talk politics on this show. Oh, damn. remember the one comment we had oh, on that's iTunes? Right, that's right. <laughs> they talk politics. Or, we made. Be. <laughs>
3: being on the east coast uh missouri is is not in the, everyone's good graces right now i just mm. want to point that out
4: yeah well I, we we mentioned we mentioned politics one time for yep. like 20 seconds yep. like 4 and, years and ago got a, some, got a scathing a review yeah <laughs> <laughs> scathing review for that they talk politics too much we did one time for like 10 seconds mm. yes so uh guys uh a number of years ago um Fox Sports Midwest featured let's go Blues.com in between uh, the second, third periods of a, a game. I think it was against the Blackhawks, which uh, I thought was pretty cool. But uh, and I know a local San Jose uh, news station featured your show um, a while back uh, during, during one of the broadcast. Uh, I was curious when I saw that, uh, how did that come about? How did they, uh, did they contact you guys or how did that work?
0: It, it started um, like not to not to turn the the knife after the wound, but it started after the Sharks won the West uh, in 2016. Uh, they were looking. Uh, sorry, uh, they were they were. Next looking, question. Anyway, yeah, I know, right. Moving <laughs> onward. So that Darren Pang, he's awesome. Uh, but uh, they were the, the station that I that uh, contacted us. I I knew uh the weather lady there and, and a couple other of reporters and they were trying to find a uh a nice niche into covering the stanley cup final with the sharks being in it for the first time and they had heard about us in the past and said hey do you mind if we talk about your your show because you know the coverage in the bay area for for hockey and and in sharks is super minimal um uh, and uh Next thing you know, I have a camera crew in in this room, and it's like, okay, you guys can back off a little <laughs> bit. But uh, yeah, we we did it, and we went right to work. That I think that was game one of the final two.
4: That's pretty cool. I know. Uh, uh, so I guess, uh, and you've been doing a show for how long now? Would you say? Uh,
1: we started uh, doing live shows the beginning of 2015. I think January 5th. Two thousand fifteen was the very first one. So uh, we're about to hit four total years. We've hit a streak of a little over three hundred consecutive live broadcasts. We haven't missed a game since uh late in the season two thousand fifteen.
4: That's pretty cool. That's that's dedication. That that we is c- definitely dedication. We couldn't do that. And, and a
1: large crew <laughs> of people, it's not just us yeah. on every show.
4: Oh. Yeah. That's that's true. I've I've seen uh yeah, you guys kinda alternate a little bit every now and then.
1: Yeah, because uh, we'd probably go crazy if we tried to hit all 82 each for three straight years. Yeah, uh,
4: and I guess it all started with you guys um, because, like you said, the the coverage for Sharks hockey was not as you know prevalent as you would like. That's that's the way it was for us here. the The hockey talk in St. Louis, um, you know, during the the hockey season, they were talking more about Rams football and. And uh, Cardinal baseball it was the off season you know they're talking more about that than they were for uh, Blues hockey and the coverage wasn't very good so we we wanted to talk hockey so we started doing it and we've been going strong for a while so and that I assume that's similar for you guys that would you say?
1: Yeah now, now imagine if you had one more football team and one more baseball team to that mix and that's what we had to deal with so uh, we're like we'll start our own media coverage with Blackjack and hookers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and, and, and don't forget you know Steph Curry's ankle, has more talk on sports radio than how are the sharks doing on the power play? Yeah. (laughs)
5: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's this Steph Curry is wearing an ace ankle brace. It's in peach. (laughs) We'll break it down on what fasteners he used tonight. Well,
4: there was, there was quite a bit of talk about, uh, um, what's his face is uh, a neon arm compression arm sleeve. Um, Mm. Uh, the Cardinals outfielder. Um, yeah, they just required him. Uh,
5: uh, Ozuna. Ozuna. Yes, yeah. uh, he wore a neon. Shows he, how much I he he wore he
4: wore a neon year. compression arms uh, sleeve for you know and that was like a huge deal. So why it, you know there, people were complaining about it? I'm like, are you kidding me? That's that's the topic of conversation. Right. That with plants blue. Oh coverage. yeah, was supersede any kind of hockey talk. Oh my god. Yeah. So. uh about the sharks. So when uh, I'll ask about Joe Thornton when when he came back, did you did you expect him to come back? Did you personally want him to come back, or what were your expectations surrounding that situation?
0: Uh, with Jumbo, I, I, we expected him to come back, uh, even even after a second knee injury. Uh, he, 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 he said, as long as the team wants to be around, he wants to be a shark for life. Uh, and he would fit in with the salary cap and he, he took a pay cut, uh, you know, considering 5 million is a pay cut must be nice, <laughs> but, uh, you know, right. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, we expected him to be coming back, but we also were concerned, you know, about how much ice time he was getting at training camp. And then, you know, sure enough, after the second game of the season, he's out for a while, and, and we were definitely concerned, but uh, the team kind of got going after that.
3: So let me ask you, what was more concerning, the second knee injury or the fact that he shaved his beard? <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely the
1: beard. Uh, definitely
4: the beard. Were, were, you, were you guys pro-beard or anti-beard?
1: Oh, very much, very, very pro-beard. Uh, it's kind of been their calling card for the last few years.
4: Okay. I am i g I, I'm I'm was I was I, I prefer him and I'm not against beards in general, but I think with, with Thornton for I just prefer him without a beard. I it's my I, he's got that, that that gray stripe going down the middle kinda and it kinda looks like he's just a sloppy soup eater. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like he's, it, he's
1: got the, the racing stripe. <laughs> yeah. I when I grow up my beard I get the exact same Do you thing really? actually. I got the, I got like the white down there. I'm not even as old as he is <laughs>
0: And the funny thing is, is that they had so many marketing things planned around like later this season, they actually have a, uh, a Joe Thornton fighting bobblehead uh, with, with a piece of the beard coming off when he, uh <laughs> fought Nazem Kadri. <laughs> and so it's like, okay, how are we supposed to do this? However, that being said, Jumbo, uh, <laughs> he shaved like right before the season began. I, I think he's already starting to get, you know, a good, solid facial uh, uh, chin, chin curtain there.
1: Yeah, it takes him about 24 hours, I think. Regarding uh, where you asked it, you know, if we wanted him back, it's kind of a little bit of a, as long as he can contribute, we're happy to have him. But it's kind of a, it's a iffy question, although it seems like they found, as of the other night, they found a role for him as a kind of more of like a third-line guy, uh, put him with two fast young forwards, and that line was great uh, just the other night.
4: We got a comment from uh, the YouTube chat, uh, said that, uh, you guys look great and nice Mike. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> um, so, uh, Eric Carlson, uh, I'm sure the, I mean, I I'm assuming, uh, excitement from you guys, uh, after you, uh, realized you'd acquired him. I, was that, uh, I, was that what you guys were experiencing? I mean, the rest of the league uh, kind of raised their eyebrows at the thought of uh, Burns and Carlson on your blue line. So, uh, your thoughts about uh, the Carlson acquisition?
1: I was definitely surprised on our end. I didn't expect that to happen. If you had asked me if I thought Tavares or Carlson, which one I thought would more likely to come to San Jose, I would have said Tavares easily. But um, it's still we're still trying to figure it out because he hadn't noticed. The point production isn't quite there yet, but uh it, it, I, it's gonna happen. Like you see enough great plays he makes. There's times where he looks lost, he's not quite comfortable yet, I think, on this team, but I, I don't think that's gonna last the whole season. There's just no way.
4: I was gonna ask that about because uh Burns is tearing it up, but uh, you know, I was at Carlson not quite as much. You know, what seven assists in fifteen games so far. So not his typical stat line. So I and I was gonna ask how he looked at you, but you said he's he's it You can tell it's there, it's just not, hasn't uh, produced in points yet.
0: Yeah, he he's definitely had some flashes at the pan and definitely been getting more shots. And and they've taken time to figure out where to slot him uh, defensively. They've been playing around. Originally it was with Vlasic, now he's with Brendan Dillon. But the power play, they were kind of like, let's put
3: both out together.
0: And, and that was just a, a little bit of a nightmare. Now they've kind of figured it out a little bit. And it's just a matter of time before uh, he, he lights the lamp.
5: So is it a case that he's snake bit is or is he just not
0: getting opportunities?
1: I think definitely snake bit is part of it because he's been getting a lot of shots towards the net. He's had a lot of them blocked. And part of that is just the, the way the Sharks tend to throw pucks at the net. They get a lot blocked already, but he's definitely had a lot of chances that just were that close. So I, I think part of it snake bit and mm-hmm. part of it is, I, I think at times he, like I say, especially on the defensive end, he's looked a little bit lost and not always comfortable. Also when he's been out on the ice with Burns, Burns is kind of a unique player to play with. He's, kind of a wild man very unpredictable so i think that's the a big thing is comfort level plus um not always the best of luck
3: so Um, i wanted to ask you guys about um timo meyer uh he's a guy that uh for me that that was kind of always talked about a little bit but but when i watch him play it just seems like he plays a very dominating game uh what about his game is is making him stand out so much in the sharks lineup
0: I think it's a combination of speed, the size he is, and and he's got a great shot. I mean, when he was in juniors, he was pretty much quarterbacking the power play uh, when he was in, uh, oh gosh, I'm going to try and get this right, Narun Noranda and uh, Halifax down the road. Uh, he definitely just seemed like he was uh, getting his shot going, and, and he would just like take a ton of shots early on and now he's kind of being a little more selective and he's definitely getting a lot more vision and a lot more shot off. I remember the game against the, um, was it the Rangers where he went, you know, far side, top shelf. and I thought what a shot that is to pick that corner. And, uh, but he's been, he's been really solid.
1: I think definitely it's been increasing shot quality, but also I think, the opposite of what I've seen from Eric Carlson, where he just looks comfortable out there. I have yet to see a single moment this this season where I'm like, he doesn't know what he's supposed to do. Because, you know, you see with most players, you'll see that at some point, unless they've been with the team for 10 years, they'll have a moment where they're kind of caught in the wrong spot. And he's just, he's always been in the right spot. He's always been charging up the ice. And I think that's a big part of it. He's very, very comfortable now in the system.
4: Um coming into the season, uh what were your thoughts uh on the Sharks? Were what were your expectations? Um and has the team's play so far changed anything uh, as far as your preseason expectations at all? Uh
0: for for me, I think going into the season before the Carlson trade, I thought, you know, maybe top three we had mentioned we had heard okay vegas is gonna be so great this year and la watch out they got kovalchuk and watch out for that do perry and gets they're gonna be like dominating and then we got eric carlson oh my god
4: um you, that, you guys i'm sure you guys are so sad about that
5: <laughs> <laughs> how many can... stanley cup parade routes got planned
0: <laughs> oh gosh They'll probably use the same one that they used in 1994 after they got eliminated from by Toronto. We don't
1: talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a that's a story to itself. But uh, our our expectations, I think, yeah, before and after Carlson are two different things because before it's like. You know this this team if if they have the right matchups everything clicks some guys have good years could definitely make noise in the playoffs but it's like with Carlson's like okay the expectation now is Western Conference Finals Stanley Cup I mean obviously letdowns happen but the expectations are a lot higher I think the main thing is just trying to figure out how to shuffle these D men properly because I mean it's a good problem to have you have Lasic you have Burns and you know poor Braun and Dylan pretty good defensemen <laughs> they are number four and five on this team and you know any other roster they're probably at least you know and probably a top three or four easily so um yeah it's it's the expectations are definitely higher now
5: sounds like you guys could use some lower pair d guys um, <laughs> you want any <laughs> yeah, do, how about Jay beaster
4: yeah you got a need for a Jay Beaumester on your roster <laughs> uh, we're okay <laughs> i mean you can have him for nothing
5: Maybe a puck bag yeah. or one of Ouch. those Thornton beard bobbleheads. Yeah. That'd yeah.
4: be good.
1: I'll, I'll trade you a few San Jose beers for him. <laughs>
4: I take it. Yeah. Sold. Sold. Done. Sucker. <laughs> funny, funny you mentioned that
0: you, you're talking about a Burns and Jimbo bobblehead.
4: <laughs> oh, nice. Very I, cool. I, uh, so goaltending has been a hot topic of conversation in St. Louis um, uh, Martin Jones for the Sharks has hasn't put up great numbers so far. He's got a two seven two GAA and a and his save percentage is just a tick under nine. So, do you guys do you guys how's the team been in front of him? So, do you guys uh, attribute those numbers to the team in front of him, or is that more on Jones or a combination thereof? Because in St. Louis, there's a there's a there are are staunch factions of of Allen supporters there it's all about the team in front of him is just not carrying their weight and they're, they're hanging about to dry and then there's the the camp of uh of Allen people that uh, Allen's not good enough he's just not uh, number one goalie in the nhl he needs to go so wh- where, do you, where do you guys sit with jones as far as his numbers I, i'm they're probably not where you want them to be but uh, so the what would you attribute those two those numbers
1: I mean, I think it's been one part of the team in front of him, but he's honestly let in some real stinkers this year. Like, the the team hasn't always done him favors. They've put him in bad spots here and there, but they're almost every other game he lets in one where it's like, ah, uh, sh- that was not a good goal. Uh, you know, whether it's just guy at an odd angle, getting a shot in that shouldn't get in, uh, not, cl- you know, not closing the five hole, things like that. So, I am kind of Jones isn't as controversial as Jake Allen. I know how controversial he is with uh blues fans, but there is definitely a small faction of sharks fans that I count myself among that. I think he's a good number one goalie, but he's not a great number one goalie. I don't think he's elite. And I think he can definitely have his not so great streaks, but he can also get on a run, you know, like he did in the Stanley cup finals a couple years ago where he basically without him they probably get swept by the penguins so he can he can be great and really that's what you need cuz i mean if you look at just his, historically which goalie's win over the last 20 years you don't have to have an elite goalie you just need to have a goalie that's good enough with a team in front of him, good enough playing well enough
4: yeah i think uh that is what we were hoping for with um... Allen this season because of the changes the Blues made um, to the forward core in the offseason, season we, there was a handful of new puts like half half the forward group is new so we're thinking okay well with the season that Allen had last year was was pretty bad so one of the one of the worst in the NHL actually but he we were hoping for something average if he can be an average NHL goalie I think that should be fine um, the team in front of him is not. Played as well as as expected in our own zone, and he has let in a number of goals that he should have had. So it's it's been a combination. So I think um, there's probably some similarities there between uh, Jones and Allen. But uh, uh, as as you know, Allen's pushing a four GAA. It's three point right. nine nine. Is that what it is? Right. The Blues
5: <laughs> the Blues this year have one game. Where they have given up less than three goals. That was last night's game. Yeah. And Jake Allen was
4: not in that. He was not in that. And Bowmeister was scratched.
1: Oh, <laughs> yes. that's some, those are some rough numbers. Wow. Yeah. I was looking that up before the show here. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, he's, he is not having a good year. I mean, he has time to rebound, but man, if <laughs> you,
4: yeah. If you, uh, some people are, are, are adamant though that it's not him, as the team in front of him. So it's, it's a well, debate that we've been, it's been going on for quite a while. Right.
3: And I just want to point out it was two games. Two games? Two games.
4: Two. Yeah. Two. Before last night was one game. Last night was the other game. The other, exactly. game we hit, we allowed, uh, we beat Toronto four to one. That's correct. Yeah. Yep, that
5: That's is correct. correct. In Toronto. In Toronto. I should know. That. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but no, on the subject of Jake Allen, we go back to the, the first game of the season and him getting booed. You know that if if we expected to him have, have any kind of confidence coming into the season, and he's getting Bronx cheered for touching the puck in the third period, it, it's yeah. it destroyed all of his confidence if there was any to begin with. And yeah, it's, it's just he's not he's not recovering, and yeah, it's it's not he's a, a good a, sign.
4: He's a fragile he's a fragile goalie. Would you, I mean would you guys say Jones is a fragile? Uh, how how I mean I guess to some degree all goalies can be considered somewhat fragile at different levels but uh, alan seems really really fragile mentally um where would you put jones on the is jones on the spectrum uh, (laughs) I,
1: i would say he's actually pretty well on the other end in the sense of like it's actually very typical of him to let in. like the first the bad goal is usually the first one he lets in and then he usually locks it down and you know rather than shattering his confidence it usually usually it doesn't Cascade. It usually goes the other direction, where you know he might let in a stinker, but then one more goal the entire rest of the game. So I think he's actually pretty good at being resilient. I mean, I don't think he's ever been booed, which that would that would be rough to get booed by your own fans. But I, I think he's usually pretty good at bouncing back, even within a game.
4: Yeah, I think I think with uh, with the Blues team, uh, it seems to be where if Allen lets up a goal that a lot of people think he should have had, or it was a stoppable shot. Um, it seems to affect the team in front of him, and I think that's been the case too often this year. Where uh, it's kind of a, a snowball effect, where if a if a softish ish goal goes in, uh, the team kind of deflates, which kind of a problem.
5: Let's face it: when you're giving up at least three goals a night, right. the, there's a
4: much higher percentage chance that one of those was a softie. Right, and and we're scoring a lot of goals. Yep. That's goal scoring is not the problem. I mean That's, they they've they've changed lines around and and uh we're we we're still scoring goals. Um but it's the problem is is the play on our own end and uh the goaltending not making enough saves on unstoppable shots. So but uh so what would you guys say is the biggest surprise so far early in the season for the Sharks for you guys?
0: Uh, I would definitely say Timo Meyer's been uh, a big surprise at, at how much uh, goal scoring he's done this season. Um, you know, always nice to have like the whole line. I think was coming together with Couture, or I'm sorry, Logan Couture, you know, Tomáš Hertl, and Timo Meyer. They've really come into their own, and the, especially when when uh, Joe Thornton was out, uh, trying to find that top line and now they've found one and they found one for the future too which is which was highly critical as Joe, as uh, Joe Thornton and Joe Pavelski are on their uh contract years so definitely that uh you can even say maybe even Marcus Sorensen uh who who got a goal a big goal last night uh in the game against Minnesota along with uh you know auntie Sue who, who the sharks have you know found that european niche that you usually pick up uh here and there you know a few years ago was melker carlson uh then a year after that Jonas Donskoy, um and they find these little nuggets in europe and uh sue mella also had a had a nice uh breakaway goal last night so they're definitely finding their 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 surprises here and there but they also can revert to their big guys to come through in a timely manner.
1: I'd say not to recap anything Eric said there, but I think the main thing that surprised me is how clear it's been. We are in the post Thornton post Marlowe, even post Pavelski era truly now, which was unthinkable a few years ago is those three guys were like the bedrock of this franchise. And now this is very much the team of Logan Couture, Tomas hurdle. And now Timo Meyer.
4: Uh, biggest disappointment for the sharks this year
1: i'll, I'll go with the obvious uh eric carlson and i'll let eric pick something a little less obvious but i mean obviously we were hoping for more but i mean there's tons of time to rebound like i said i don't think i don't think it's going to stay that way like i i just have <laughs> I, I i don't see it happening but uh so far yeah hasn't hasn't really shined yet
0: Kind of piggybacking off of what uh, Chris was saying, uh, more so the defense. The defense was expected to have massive amounts of goals and points. Uh, Vlasic had a career year last year. Uh, Justin Braun, likewise. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just quickly going through it, but Vlasic has just five assists. Braun has three assists. Joachim Ryan, who's what we call the Burns Whisperer, only has two assists on the campaign. So Brendan Dillon and Brent Burns are the only defensemen for the Sharks that have scored goals and that's uh, four in the 15 games so far. So definitely the defensive unit all around and especially early on they were having some issues trying to work together and of course the line blender that is uh, Peter DeBoer uh, definitely plays into that. So uh, hopefully that changes things uh, down the road.
4: Uh, so San Jose sits in second place in the Pacific, uh, third in the conference, eight, four and three with 19 points. Uh, you guys won last night, four to three versus the wild. Thank you very much. Uh, six, two and two in your last 10, four, two and two on the road this season. And they are in St. Louis tomorrow. Hmm, Friday. Uh, Friday.
5: I just texted you that. try, oh. to, try to preempt that.
0: Right. Sorry. <laughs>
4: they, you almost did it too. I almost did it. <laughs> yeah um, we,
0: we go Thursday night against Dallas and then uh hopefully beat them for you guys and then it's on like
4: Donkey Kong on Friday. <laughs> yeah. Well at least I you're will, on back to back
3: That game to be
4: interesting mm-hmm. uh you guys consider the uh, Blues arrival? I know for a long time the the blues fans considered uh, uh the Sharks uh arrival uh, because of uh stem from playoff matchups we had I think in back to back years. Um, uh, Owen Nolan's uh, centerized goal on Turek, uh, uh, Thornton's hit on Perron, and then the the 2016 playoffs. Do you, I I mean, I don't I don't know if Blues fans the last like since the playoffs for some reason it doesn't seem like it's a from the Blues perspective a, as big a rivalry as as it was like before. Um, I, what what's what's your guys' thoughts on like how, is, is there a rivalry there or is it just a, a is it was there at one time and what what do you guys think?
0: there is there is especially back I think in 2000 when uh, when uh, Chris pronger was a part of it uh, and <laughs> those those 2000 2001 series were classic ones uh, I even remember hearing uh, that they that Chris Pronger said in 2004 4 that the blues got the matchup they wanted that was locker room material and and, and that definitely changed but yeah definitely uh, uh definitely a rivalry going on i think if i if i don't mistaken chris maybe you can back me up on this i think that they've played the blues the most uh, times in the playoffs i think they're tied with detroit uh back in the day when we were facing off against the red wings all the time uh for most playoff series against one of one team
1: yeah i think that's Cardano that right in front of me but i think you're right on that but um, I, I would consider a rival in a similar sense to the way I consider the Red Wings rival. Like, it's not an active, like, all-the-time rivalry, but there's a pretty rich history there. Like, you know, with the Red Wings, I consider the Red Wings and the Blues much more rivals than I consider the Coyotes our rival, even though we're in the same division. Because, honestly, there's the, the <laughs> history with the Coyotes is division games and Mike Smith annoying us. That's that's pretty much it. So uh, I would definitely say, you know, given the history there, I would say kind of a rival, but I mean not not quite like I feel about the ducks or the kings or you know the Canucks, the not not the same vitriol.
5: who Who are the coyotes
4: right? I was now? just gonna ask that question. Is, is anyone a rival with the coyotes? The ducks? Relevance. <laughs> <Those laughs> yeah. oh, oh, <laughs> oh wow.
0: I, I would played. say um, the city of Glendale.
1: <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. Oh man, poor, the poor coyotes are just taking it on
3: this one. Uh you know what?
4: They that's they've I don't know about them.
3: Yeah. They're used to it.
4: I guess. Like a punching bag. The punching bag of the NHL.
5: Yeah. yeah. Sooner or later Clayton Keller will leave there and come home and we can be <laughs> happy and yeah, he's the only reason I would ever turn
4: on a game uh, involving
5: the coyotes at this point.
4: So, uh, what can Blues fans expect from the Sharks uh, on Friday? Not Thursday, on Friday. Back what? to back. I have Thursday all over the notes here. I don't know why I did that.
0: Uh, well, th- I would think they're going to come in hungry. I mean, Eric Carlson is due. He's been definitely getting uh, a lot of chances. Uh, Burns is still going to be Burnsy. Uh, we're not sure on Tomáš Hurdle. He he took a hit in on Saturday against Philadelphia. So he might be a game time decision for both back to backs. Uh, but uh in uh Chris, I'm, I'm not sure, but you know, Dell might get the start uh on Friday while Jones starts in uh Dallas on Thursday.
1: Yeah, I would expect, uh, I don't know if it'll be that way or reverse, but I expect that Dell will start one of those two games. The Sharks have been really hard to peg this season because they've had some great games. They've had some stinkers. They've had some great first periods and terrible second and thirds. So they're The inconsistency is a little maddening, but it's, it, it's hard to tell which Sharks team will show up, and, and that's where I say I think that that's going to eventually, they're going to find that consistency, but – the hot and the cold makes me like they could show up and they could steamroll. They could also show up and seed a lot of shots, you know, against the wild in the first period yesterday. Um, they I think they had like two shots in that period, which pretty low for the team that was leading the league in shots. Uh, I don't know if they still are as of yesterday, but I know they were a few days ago, so they can, yeah, it's, it's very hard to peg them if I'm being totally honest.
4: Well, nice job beating the wild because they destroyed us. They 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 beat us up and down the rank. It wasn't even right. it a contest.
5: Was, it was the the best team performance that I had seen all season.
4: Yeah. So and and I would and actually Blues fans would uh, would like to have the Sharks inconsistencies this season because the Blues have been hot and cold, but uh, there's just been more cold than hot. So yeah. consistently I, I, bad. I'd love to tell you uh, what Blues team to expect on Friday, but I. You know, I we went into Toronto and beat Toronto, and and we beat Vegas, which is not they're struggling. this not a whole lot this year, but you know, and, and we've got some good wins this season. We had a a four to one win last night that we didn't look good at all in. No. And the second period was, was yeah awful. It was awful, and we were shot two to one for the game, and we won four to one. Just a weird game. Yeah. So, uh, but, so I I don't know what's going to happen on Friday with the Blues. I I mean, uh, Johnson played very well. Against Carolina last night. And I'd imagine that it's maybe a toss up now who starts on Friday. Um,
5: (laughs) Well, if Mike O's still the coach, it'll probably be Jake Allen.
4: You know, he's the number one technically, but I mean, Johnson's been better this year. I mean, he's only had a few starts, but still. Yeah.
5: and we can cover this more, but right. it it should be Johnson's goal to lose at this point. Yeah, I mean he made he, he made saves.
4: He did. He made, he made saves. Yeah, <laughs> and that's
5: that's the bar that we're talking about right now.
4: Right. So um, yeah, I I I you know, I'd like to. I, I we're at home, which again doesn't mean a whole lot because we haven't nah. we've been hit or miss on this uh, home stand, the seven game home stand too, which is something that oh, okay we'll get back on track with a seven game home stand. Not yet. I mean it's been up and down. So yeah so this I'm-
1: uh, sounds very very familiar to us uh if there's one thing the sharks can do though if you're looking for some confidence for jake allen they can manage to throw a lot of rubber at a goalie and just the, that goalie will have the night of his life that that just happens on occasion where they do that they'll they'll pelt some backup goalie 40 pucks and the goalie just for the night, he is—he uh, looks like Lundquist or uh, <laughs> Marty Brodeur.
4: You know what? We talked about this. We had it. We—I was on, I think, your show uh, in 2016. I think it was post-game show after, like, the first game of the playoff series, the conference uh, finals. I believe it was game yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, the, I was happy about that game, <laughs> but not so much the rest of the series. But uh, we talked about the similarities between the Blues and Sharks then, about the history of like the. Uh, uh, underperforming or the letdowns or the you know good teams but not getting over the hump stuff like that. Um, so there we've we, there's there's a lot of a lot of similarities this season too with what you guys are saying even though your record is much better than ours right now. Um, and so I, I think uh, so I, it's it's fitting that these teams do have a semi-rivalry because they are they are similar in a lot of ways
1: yeah i mean yeah the the, there's a playoff history there of frustrating fans and looking great in the regular season and coming really close at times yeah it's a i think yeah we you know we understand you guys like we understand canucks fans well no one understands canucks fans never mind um but um we, we know we know about the torture we know about getting oh so close but just just not there it's
5: we just happen to have it's what makes, twice it, being, as it's, what makes it fun though it. sorry
4: yeah we we've just been doing it twice as long <laughs> suffering twice as long so that's i is guess it,
5: you guys had your 25th right you just had the 25th and 17 and that was our 50th so yeah 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 yeah, yeah it's yeah pain is pain
1: i, I always say though that's what will make the eventual cup that much more fun it's all of those years of suffering. Oh yeah, <laughs> that that's what makes it. That's what makes it fun.
4: I hear you. I mean, if St. Louis, uh, when they win one, uh, whenever that day comes, uh, I think the the city would go bananas. I, just mm-hmm. like I, the Cardinals have won World Championships before, but and the, the city goes won. nuts. The Rams won. The city won, but it would not be because the Cardinals have won them before, so people have done this before. It's like okay, we've done it before, but for the first one, you know, I mean that I for a, for a long suffering fan base 50 plus years that's it would be a big deal it'd be a huge deal so hopefully it comes sooner rather than later and for you know what for you guys too just not you know hopefully after ours <laughs> right we're <laughs> a little last years right. but
1: still pretty pretty long tenure I and mean, we just saw the giants you know win for the first time in 50 something years i believe 56 if i remember right Uh, It was quite a long time. They broke that drought. Uh, The Warriors won for the first time in 40 years, a few years back. So, and, you know, it it felt like the first time in both those cases for a lot of people because it was in their lifetime.
4: Well, as far as the Blues are concerned, I mean, I guess you guys are going to keep an eye on O'Reilly. He's been fantastic this season. He's been, like, one of the huge bright spots for the Blues. Um, He's putting up points. I mean, we scored one goal against uh, uh minnesota and he he was in on that so he's been like an eight game point streak going or a seven yeah. whatever it is eight game he's been fantastic um not hands even, down the best player on oh, this yeah. team. hands down uh uh, uh shen uh probably questionable for the game he's been hurt um schwartz is struggling he's has one goal this season i think it is yeah and looks so,
5: looks three he, paces slow he
4: does he looks slow for some reason um obviously the goaltending is not where we want it to be. Um, Defense's zone coverage is not really there yet. So uh, offense is good. I mean, we 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 might put up some goals, but uh, we're gonna probably give some up too. So it'll be an old Smythe Division game, <laughs> back in the nineties. Maybe.
0: It, it, if it's a crazy game, uh, I don't know. I, I I've been enjoying some of these six five seven six games that have kind of been. Coming in and out, but man, that's that's torture on on the heart too.
4: <laughs> well, Robert Thomas for the Blues too. He um he played in his ninth game of the season, so there's a decision to make for him if he's a, a Blues blue chip prospect. So he's played, you know, he's been he's been good at times this year, and and uh, tremendous vision and hands. Oh yeah, you can like tell that. you can tell he's a player. You can tell he's really good, but obviously he's a rookie, and so he's going to have his growing pains. But so if if he plays on Friday. Then he's he's gonna burn a year of his contract, so he's gonna be with the team the whole season, pretty much.
5: The alternative being that he goes back to junior because he's right. not AHL eligible.
4: Right, he's too young to play in the AHL. So if they send him down, he has to go to the OHL, and they think he's learned all he can learn there. So it's either NHL or juniors, which is an an odd situation, but it is what it is. So if he plays on uh, on Friday, then he's uh, that's a big decision probably if they're gonna make what tomorrow.
5: Yeah, and given the way the Blues are run, uh, they'll probably not play him. <laughs> punt the decision for another game. Maybe I,
4: I, I, you know what? I mean, I think I think he would learn more up here. Than, I think so too. I think that he, I think he should play, rest him every so often, so because it's a long season for him. I, and just I would I would be on the board with keeping him up here, especially with Shen maybe not playing for why injuries happen. Uh, you know, mm. keep him up here. Because yeah. Sasha is going to go down too, at yeah. some point. So yeah. you keep,
5: keep him up yeah. here. Yeah, he probably got an injury just walking into the elevator. <laughs>
4: yeah. uh, where can everyone uh, listening find you guys uh, online? Your show and your your social media stuff.
1: So you can find me. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Chris JWS. Uh, you can also find our show uh, Teal Town USA on Twitter. We are on YouTube. Uh, we just hit the thousand subscriber mark on there, something we're very proud of. So, you know, we are after every post game. We also release a handful of different interviews. Uh, we've had pretty much every Sharks broadcaster on there. We've had a handful of uh, notable media people, had uh, our former broadcaster, Drew Ramenda, on, very popular draw for us. And, uh, you know, occasionally a fun live stream here and there. And, uh, yeah, I think that covers everything. We, we put out a lot of content. So,
0: and, and, and like we mentioned before, we we go on after every game uh, on our YouTube channel, uh, and of course that's on Teal Town USA. That's our Twitter handle. For me, I'm PatGuy14 on the Twitter and Instagram, so you can definitely check us out there.
4: And I assume you guys will be doing a show, a post game show after Friday's Blues and Sharks game, right?
1: Absolutely. Cool. So it uh, might be might be from the bar since it's Friday night. I <laughs>
4: Yeah, well, if you want to hear a post game show about the uh, after the Friday's Blues and uh, Sharks game, you can check their show out. And I'm going to go out on a limb right
5: now and say that Eric Carlson's gold route is going to end in that Friday. (laughs) If it doesn't end tomorrow in uh, Dallas, it will end. Because, yeah. transitioning into that that game last night yeah. man the blues allowed so many people just to walk straight down the slot last night Yeah, carlson's going to have a field day
4: so uh, the, as far as like uh the second half of uh, back to backs for the sharks uh recently uh, how i mean are they a good team on the uh, second half back to backs or are they struggle or how's out how have they paired? or do you recall
0: i don't um. know or oh, go ahead yeah i was gonna say I, i'm i'm not quite sure but they've they've always had a rough time at the end of road trips they're they're kind of like the ones that just try to uh all right we're, we're good let's uh get on the road and get back home especially in this sense because uh they're they've played uh they finished a four game homestand in their middle of 10 of 12 uh, at home and uh they have this quick blip back to back, and then they go back home and play a uh, Calgary on Sunday.
1: Yeah. So uh, looking at their schedule, they did have, this is only their second back to back of the season. And on their first back to back, they walloped Philadelphia on the second half of that eight to two. So uh, I guess they've done okay. Uh, at least on the second half, although they lost four zero to New York the day before. And that wasn't even really a true back to back. Cause that was like a Monday morning game or something really weird. Hmm. Uh, canadian thanksgiving or whatever
4: all right well i I hope it's not 8 to (laughs) 2 on friday but gritty was talking
1: so much smack on twitter he was so funny he was saying oh yeah you know sharky loser has to change their name to guppy and you know just going on then he was like quiet for like the quietest 24 hours he's had since he was introduced
0: (laughs) sharky just lit him up like nothing else
4: (laughs) well uh we uh, appreciate you guys coming on and uh, I'm sure we'll uh, talk to you again sometime soon. Definitely. Thanks guys.
0: Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. Definitely have a lot of blues fans that follow me. So uh, appreciate it. And thanks for the kind kudos.
3: Thank you guys. The guys. Appreciate it.
4: Okay. That was, uh, that was good. I enjoyed that. Yeah.
5: It's always great to have those guys on.
4: Good talk. Yeah. Um, so into the awful loss to Minnesota on Saturday, do we have to? I don't want to talk about it too much. <laughs> I did want to talk about. Well, it was WWE night, so not only did the fans have to put up with incessant wooing, but they had to see an awful effort on the ice, which was just. A, I can't imagine being in the arena that night. Just, just mm-hmm. everything combined with the with the atmosphere and then the play on the ice is like you know, get me out of here.
5: I I would have got thrown out. <laughs>
4: Um, I, and, and I, I, as a kid, I said this on Twitter as a kid, I loved wrestling mm. as a kid. I was a kid, loved wrestling, um, WWF, uh, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, Macho Man, mm. loved it. It's fantastic. Um, it's fun.
5: But I hit a certain age well, and yeah. I was done with it. Well,
4: yeah, I outgrew it. And
5: we, we were talking about, I was talking about this at work, trying to figure out that exact age that, I was done with it.
4: I think it was when I was—I realized it was actually real. I was not—it was—it was not real. Yeah. It was. I think I remember my dad coming by when my brother and I watched it on TV in the basement, and he goes, it's not real, you know." I was shut up, Dad. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it
5: was, was it was it that moment, or was it when you finally took it into your heart and said, "Yeah, this is not real,"
4: um, and I don't know. I I I but you know what it's funny because uh and of course the I guess the diehards will say, you know, the you know they break bones they get cuts I mean, yeah I know, <laughs> it's all scripted though <laughs> I mean it's just it's
5: it's I opened myself up for five stitches doing oh, flooring the other day
4: nice I, wow
5: nobody filmed that
4: no, I mean it's it's you know it's 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 going to performance if it's entertainment it's not it's it's weird. okay but anyway so, um. First two Minnesota goals were, you know, deflect that first deflection. Mm. Oh my God! That and th- first off, for those that don't know, um, that's he's he's trying to get it on net. He's trying to get the puck on net. Um, Are you talking about stall? Or stall stalls yeah. the very first goal. He's trying to get it on net. He, uh, he's trying to deflect it, just to get on net or get close to the net, and it ended up being. One of the most amazing deflections you'll see. Turn oh the stick over.
5: God. Yeah, that it, it was beautiful.
4: But um,
5: let me ask you: um, Have you gone back to watch the replay? Can you tell me where Jake Allen was?
4: Oh, he was down on his knees, uh, uh near post, uh, in the goal. He uh, was. He was back in the net. He was back
5: behind the goal line, at, at least uh, well, half his body was behind the goal line. It's a hell of a deflection,
4: in his, in, in but he's own. too fucking deep yeah but in in allen's defense the shot was like 10 feet wide i mean it was it was not even it well, was not so even close
3: so what's he doing in his it, he's what's too he fucking
5: deep for a shot coming I, from the point you don't need to be you, that deep in your
4: net I, I don't it wasn't a shot though it was it was way wide i mean it was going it was like 10 foot wide
3: but again what are you doing in your net it doesn't I, make sense. Like I, that's not an excuse.
4: No, I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not an Allen defender in general. I'm just saying that. It sounds like that, you are. I'm just saying that goal. <laughs> I'm not going to put on a goalie because I don't think anybody stops that one, or I don't think anybody can be expected to stop that one. But <laughs> with,
3: with I, I agree. I, I agree. Yeah. But I just think Allen's positioning was horrendous.
4: I, I'll never defend. I'm not going to defend his positioning in general because I think it's been bad this season. But I, in, in the last two years, but, but so. And the, and the second one, off Petro's stick, okay, he could have challenged more or two on that one, but maybe it gets a piece of it. He comes out a, a couple more feet. But, again, deflection, it went by him. You know, there's not a whole lot you can do about that. O'Reilly scores on the power play from Tarasenko. Beautiful goal. Nice. Of course, it's O'Reilly. So, and the third Minnesota goal, which got a lot of attention. Was the Bobeaster turnover, <laughs> uh, and of course, Allen can't stop breakaway, so they scored.
5: Um, you mean the play where Jay Bobeaster stick handled in front of the Blues bench for four seconds, allowed somebody to close on him and poke the puck away?
4: He skated into the boards and into traffic and ran out of room. Petrangelo was open on the near mm. side, and or he could have just dumped the damn thing in, but he he pan he he. he indecisive, panicked, made no move, then tried to just bank it off the boards and it didn't go, and it went the other way off a, off a body and then they have a breakaway and they score. So, and then Yo's comments about Bullminster after the game about him not being at fault and he just, he didn't have any options. That's what he, that's what he said. And I was like, I, I you know, and that's, to me, to me, this, this is why I, I, I called, I named the show the way I did. Because the way Yo is is Yo's comments about the team and making excuses for the team and his his line choices and who he scratches and who he doesn't scratch, um, it, that's why I named the show this.
0: It's like there's a horse loose in a
5: hospital. I think eventually everything's gonna be okay, but I have no idea what's gonna happen next.
4: <laughs> so, <laughs> oh. so there's that. It's a great skit. It is. And and so the title of this, the name of the show is There's a Horse Loose in the Hospital because that is how I kind of have perceived Yo's coaching this season because a lot of his stuff just does not make any sense whatsoever. (laughs) He's
5: as confused as you are.
4: So... (laughs) And when he does make a decision, like when he says he's going to start Jay Bomeester you know, on top pairing with Petrangelo.
5: Oh, that's what I thought you'd say, you dumb fucking horse.
4: So, <laughs>
3: is, so. is your skit over? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can, you can see Kurt and, at the Helium and, Co- Comedy Club, right? And uh, Saturday night,
4: and then and then social media goes goes ballistic.
3: Then you go to brunch with people, and they're like, "There shouldn't
5: be a horse in the hospital," and it's like, "We're well past that."
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, and yeah. So anyway, that that's just kind of after the game. I was like, "You've got to be." I don't know. And he's just falling on the sword for Boehmeister, probably by protecting a player and and not trying not to call him out, but. He has no problem calling out younger players. Did
3: did you actually read his, did did you read his quote here? I don't think you did. Part of it. For those that didn't, those didn't see it. His, his, what he said about the exact play was quote, the way I saw that play. Yes. His job is to skate there. I think maybe he has an option. I think his support wasn't that great. I'm not going to pin it on one guy there. Um, okay. Watch the overhead replay. Alex Petrangelo is wide fucking open. Wide open on the other side where there are nobody there's nobody for checking him. And you slide the puck to Petrangelo, he at least gets the puck in. They get uh, plenty of options. I
4: agree. I agree. Petrangelo was the obvious option. Um, but if he's not going over there, his other option is to dump the puck. There's always an option to dump the puck. What he did was never an option. You don't skate into somebody and then just you're the you're the, you're the, you're a defenseman. You're the last guy back, mm. basically, and you're skating into traffic and just and and it was a stupid decision. And I don't uh, like I said I I'm sure Yo was just covering for his defenseman, but it's kind of frustrating to hear him talk about younger players, about how um, his comments on Thomas uh, about um, after his ninth game said, wow, you know you've got to bring a complete game to. You know, playing the NHL. No, you don't. And I'm like, what? Where the fuck was that logic? Where well, you're you're playing? You're making the decisions. You're making with uh, some other people on mm-hmm. the roster, and I don't. It it doesn't make any. I mean, obviously, he's just treating players differently based on experience, which I get to some degree. But when you're not being fair about it, that's a problem. I don't. I don't. Does it doesn't make any sense?
5: <sighs> so, I I think part of that has to do with you know Mike Yo. The, the guy that never made it all the way in the pros, you know, in his career cut short by an injury. He's going to give the guys that have been there for a while much more leeway than he is the rookies. We've talked about this, and th- this is kind of the conclusion that I've come to. We've talked about this ad nauseum, the veteran bias on the team. And, you know, we, we haven't talked so much about how veterans – Often get a free pass, but it's always the rookies. It's always the young guys, and we we talk about how they're the ones that are always make one mistake and you're sitting, you know. But yeah. it, it's
4: you, you know what you know what, and you know what uh, was frustrating about the play is that when uh, after a ball to turn it over, and it's a clear cut breakaway, I have no faith whatsoever that that's not going to no, that the save is being made. No, it's just we,
5: we've said that Jake Allen doesn't stop breakaway.
4: He he is statistically. And I can't remember where I saw this. Somebody broke it down. He is statistically the worst in the NHL at breakaways.
5: Yeah, he's the the worst at uh, saves above average, meaning he doesn't have any. <laughs> so uh, There are so many statistical categories that he is the worst at, which yep. is painful that we have to say he is our number one.
4: Uh, let's see... The, uh, final, uh, the fourth goal, uh, was, I didn't think it was a good goal either, uh, to be honest on, on, on Allen. It was a wrister that went, uh, mm. through him Yeah, and he seemed to just kind of miss it. Didn't pick it up right away and kind of missed it. Yeah. Um, final score, five, one and more calls for you to be fired. Rightfully so. I think, um, yeah, it, it, sh- <laughs> <sighs> I, I think had the
5: news broke about Coinville on, um, Saturday before that game, that, uh, you know, I I had heard some things that uh, the decision was made in Chicago on Friday. And if they announced it, that Yo would have been canned after that, that debacle.
4: I, it would not have shocked me uh, if he would have been fired. I'm, and I've said this before. I don't, I don't know. I mean, has he, he's only been head coach for one full season. So it's it's hard to say that he's been given a long leash so far, but it seems like he has been. I don't for some reason. I think just because of the way the team has underperformed, and I just want to say that I don't I'm not and I've said this before, I don't know why Yo would deserve a long leash. You know, what has he accomplished? What has he won to warrant a Okay, well he can ride this this rough patch out. He can he'll recover from the poor last season. He can recover from this poor start, because why? Why? why what makes somebody think that have the faith in him that he could do that?
3: Especially I, I, on a team that was basically built to win now. Right. So this isn't this isn't the Edmonton Oilers of five years ago. This wasn't okay. We got this new coach. Let's see how he does. And uh, you know, in a, in a, give him a, give him a leash of about two years. This is a team that Armstrong knows if he doesn't do something this year, he could be out of the job. And and if not that, these players were brought in this summer to make a big difference. Now, it's different if you're losing every game 5-4 and you look good, but your goalie is just not bailing you out on those few chances he's getting. But the whole system has looked awful. The the when We talk about every week how how bad the breakouts look, how bad the offensive zone. Yeah, they're scoring goals, but their cycling in the zone hasn't been phenomenal, and it should be by this point in the year. Uh, in the defensive scheme, which has just been a, a disaster all year, and then, like we've all said all year, the, the coaching decisions of who's playing, who's getting the most minutes, who's going to uh, uh, not play in the next game, Who's? it's just there's so many questions. And in a guy like Ken Hitchcock, he, I know, you know, Bill would probably even agree with this. He earned the right to say, okay, you're making some questionable moves here, but you've won a cup. Uh, you've gotten the team the first many, many times. Uh, so we're going to let you keep going until we see what happens here and until a long streak of you not losing or you not winning. But yo, he hasn't accomplished anything. So, so, so what, what's the, what, what are we waiting for the hook here for?
5: Right. What was what was his uh, central division finishes 5-4, four,
4: four, four? Four, 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 I think something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. He's never finished higher than fourth in the Central Minnesota and the Blues, and so and he's been given a team that's supposed to be good, and he's not winning with that either. So, I'm not sure what the why the leash would be long. Yeah. I, I, yeah, if he had won a cup in the past or gone deep in the playoffs a couple times with the team, I get the idea that you know, okay, he's he's got uh, uh, the track record of of doing this, and before he doesn't have that, so I don't think the leash should be very long with this team with this payroll, like you said, Jeff, with the team is supposed to win now. Um, I don't, I don't. Uh, that's why you know a lot of people are saying, "Well, no, Yo's not going to fire to the offseason." I, I really think if the team struggles for too much longer and is inconsistent and not playing up to expectations, uh, Yo will be gone before it's too late to make the playoffs. Well, <clears throat> you're so, getting
3: to that point quickly. Yeah.
4: Oh yeah, I know, and because you're you're what 27th in the league, it's awful. So, and there, there, you're you're almost to the point where you 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 know you get to the 20 game mark you're not gonna recover from this well yeah, we've
3: already and, talked uh, oh go ahead bill
5: i was just gonna say the there have already been two teams who have gotten off the bad starts uh, worse than expectations in the west that have changed their coaches and one of them just made a beloved man in this city and a winning nhl coach available yeah
3: that's well, Good. Yeah, you're trying, I know you're trying to segue there, which is a shame because I'm going to say something anyway. No, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, um, th- yeah, we we we've talked before about how, how it's a, a win now roster and how um, you can point to all the issues with this team, and um, it's just shocking at this point that again, you look at a guy like uh, you know uh, someone that comes to mind is who we're just the team we are just talking about, Pete DeBoer he's got a team to the Stanley cup final, you know, San Jose here goes on a five game, six game losing streak and, you know, has a, uh, just a bad November or December. You've got a good chance that he's going to keep, they're going to say, okay, let's see what you can do here. Pete, come on, come on, get this team back together. But what's the point with a guy who's never been able to do that before. And, and, uh, again, we, we talked about Hitchcock, how, how he probably earned that right. Um, but a young coach, Even you're like, okay, this, this is a young coach, never played in the NHL before or coached in the NHL before. Let's see what he's got. Let's see how he can rally the troops here. You've seen this with Mike, yo, you know, what's going to happen and it's not going to be a good outcome.
4: And, uh, I, have never, I haven't, it's been a while since I've seen blues nation, this pissed.
5: Mm -hmm. It seems like everyone everywhere is super mad about everything. All the time,
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's true.
5: It it is. It is. It's
4: true, and uh, it's. I don't think people and people are constantly calling for yo. Which and there's not too many times where Blues Nation is united. Right. Online. Right. There, Mr. It, Blues had pointed yes. this
5: out the other night. He did. You know, in in his uh, several years of doing this. This is the first time he's seen all of Blues Twitter united on one point. Yes. How many different hashtags do we have now?
4: <laughs> you almost go you is almost a big one. Almost go, yeah.
5: um, bring Q to the loo. <laughs> I, tons Bring Q home. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
4: I, I, I and they're there never are they united on a front like this ever. And it's mm-hmm. like I don't even what would you say the percentages is like ninety eight percent? It's crazy. It's 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 massive. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Except that well, one guy again, that knows we, everything.
3: Listen, we <laughs> yeah, listen we uh we we can sit here all we want and say you know the fans the fans the fans at the end of the day they're not going to listen to the fans at the end of the day. But but again, well, to be honest, is, uh, hold on. Is,
4: well, real quick the the fans the attendance is not people right. aren't showing up to games either. Right.
3: What's, what what's what I'm saying? They're not going to listen to the Twitter fans. They're going to look at the numbers right. and they're going to say, okay, when we see the numbers here. We're losing money, and and okay, so what's the problem? Well, on social media, pretty much everyone in the free world hates Mike Yo. Okay, so there's problem one. Let's get rid of him and see what happens. And and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, and, and maybe I should do the research on it. But when they fired Davis Payne and brought in Ken Hitchcock, didn't the attendance instantly go up? Because people were like, "Whoa, they're actually in a win now" mentality. Oh God! They're bringing in a coach like him.
4: Yeah. The uh, oh, can you imagine the. It'd be like it'd be like getting Riley again. We the 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 all of a sudden the the hoopla and the optimism on the team is like oh my god, mm. things are different now. We right. we're you're, making we're going for it. Right, you're instantaneously
5: putting butts in seats. Right, and so our our buddy STL Blues History tweeted um, early today. Useless stat of the day. Or is it? St. Louis Blues have reported attendance under seventeen thousand in four of their last seven home games. In the this season, in the previous hundred and ten home games combined, they only had four crowds under seventeen thousand. That's that is the so there's the economic argument for why the Blues won't sign Joel Quenville or bring Quenville in because he's too expensive. He's going to be way too expensive to afford. That may be the case. But if it's not Quenville that's going to come in, they're going to have to make the decision and try to bring somebody in who will energize the fan base and and try to shake
4: this. Here, here's the thing, too, is that Quenville, I think, made $8 million, uh, 8 million with Chicago. Mm-hmm. So, which I don't know what Yo makes. I don't know if the Blues made that public, but. Um, they don't. Yeah. So. Um, it's substantially more than he was making, I'm sure. Yeah. So I'd be, I'd be, willing to say over twice as much, but but
5: he's also going to get paid out that contract unless they're, unless, unless depending on how the, the contract was structured. Well, he,
4: I, I've heard if he, if he does accept a coaching up somewhere else, the Hawks are now are, are no longer in the contract for that uh, on the hook for that contract. No. I don't know if that's true. That's the rumor, but I, I and to be honest, the, someone brought up a good point. That if you bring in Quinn Bill, say you pay him $8 million a year. He's the highest paid player in the organization mm-hmm. if you count the coach as a player. Right. So all of a sudden, you've got these high-priced players on the team that are now no longer the most expensive. They're not longer the the, the highest-paid players in the organization. They're, they're second to the coach. Oh, the coach is making more money than me. That could play into the amount of respect that the coach gets from some players. Yeah. I mean, could is it, 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 it is 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 uh being a better team getting better production from certain players worth an extra 5 million dollars to pay your coach? I mean,
5: and can the Blues afford that? That's right. a big question.
4: Well, they can afford it because it doesn't go against the cap. But right. whether no, or not no. ownership wants to pay that, no.
5: can Tom Stillman afford that? Right. That's whether the problem well, with St. Louis well, being a small he market, he would
3: still be right. paying Yo too.
4: Right. So, yes. True.
3: You're, you're paying Joel Quinville eight million, let's say, and you're paying Yo, let's just say even two million. All of a sudden, you're paying ten million for your head coach. Yeah, I know.
4: That's that's true. Unless Yo gets paid uh, get, uh, gets a coaching gig somewhere else, and then.
3: If his contract is structured that way. Right,
4: which I think people are saying Quinville's was. So if Quinville gets a coaching job somewhere else, Chicago is no longer on the the hook for that contract, according to what people have been saying. That's not confirmed or anything.
3: I would imagine that's true for probably a lot of coaches. But again, Doug Armstrong is not the best at making up contracts.
4: (laughs) No, he's not. (laughs) Um, But uh, Jeff Jones said tonight that uh, Darren Dreger on NBCSN – said tonight uh, he thinks that Q wants to step away for a while and recharge uh, but mentions the Blues as a team that could step up immediately in fact the Blues are the only non Hawks team I'm not sure what that means he mentions so he wouldn't be surprised if Quinville took his time which I thought you know if I were him I would I'd take my time I would oh yeah I'd take at least a couple weeks and I would I mean at least oh yeah on vacation (laughs) I mean (laughs) hell yeah um but then again, At some teams Thanksgiving. Some teams might not want to wait. Like if the Blues are considering making a coaching change, they might not want to wait too much longer. Mm-hmm. Um. So there's that, right? Uh, Which so I, I, so,
5: you know, and that's that's you know, the bargaining aspect of this. The Blues are getting desperate, and Quenville's not desperate. So are, he could he could definitely demand a lot more than uh, are the Blues desperate? I. Uh,
4: I mean, I, I mean. I mean we, they should well, be. They should be.
5: <laughs> well, if if uh, fan hatred is any barometer, <laughs> yes, we're, we're hopelessly desperate. But uh, no, I you know, I, I think the the we're getting very, very close to panic button time.
3: Well, I will say that if I'm Joel Quinville, you guys mentioned, you know, that, that he might be taking time off. If I'm Joel Quinville, I'm I definitely am. You let that contract play out. You recharge your batteries, like uh, Darren Dreger said. And next summer, you've got about your choice of about 20 teams that would probably be willing to hire you. I mean, I'm not saying that that many teams would pursue him, but if he went to the Anaheim Ducks and they don't make the playoffs and he said, hey, I'd like to coach in California, okay, you're hired. I mean, he could pretty much go anywhere he wants because anyone's going to hire a guy that has the resume he has.
4: I I agree. Here's the deal with the, as far as the Blues are concerned. Say the Blues struggle for the next handful of games, and they decide they want to fire Yo. We don't know what Quinville is thinking. What if Quinville would absolutely love to come back to St. Louis? What if he? What if St. Louis were his number one option? Okay, uh, just a scenario. So the Blues would need to hire somebody else if Quinville is going to wait until the offseason. To make a decision. So the Blues would go interim coach until the end Ruby. of the season. Yeah. And then, but, but then all of a sudden you go an interim coach with a roster that's supposed to win now. That's a really weird situation.
5: Yeah. I mean, you're basically saying this year was is lost.
4: Which, yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, that's a really tough position to be in. And I guess you don't know exactly what Quimble's thinking. I mean, there's... Hints from Drager that as far as what might be going on in his mind, but you don't know what the Blues are, how close they are to making a move, if they're making a move at all. We don't know. I mean, I mean, there was a meeting today between uh, uh, Armstrong and Yo, where they Can didn't discuss practice. Yeah, no practice. They had a meeting. They didn't discuss Thomas at all, which was weird. Um, that's a how do you have a long meeting, head coach and GM, and not talk about the guy that you have to make a decision on as far as like game number 10 goes, but whatever. So, and you wonder what was talked about in that meeting as far as his future here, if that was talked about at all. So, I mean, and how close the blues would be to making a move. So I, it's, it's really hard to speculate and they're not going to tell anybody this until the day comes where it happens. So in the meantime, we speculate. And I think, I think, um, I don't think the blues are going to let this go too much longer I, 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 they can't. They can't let it go too much longer. Yeah, speaking on behalf
5: of the United fan base, <laughs> we
4: don't want them to. <laughs> so last night's game against Carolina, the uh, Hurricanes lost four straight coming into this game. Allen sits, Johnson starts, uh, Schmaltz was in, Boamistras out, Shen's out. He's day to day with a uh, 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 and not physically capable of playing at a high level, according to Yo. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't sound that serious. That's a weird way to say it. I've never heard that phrase before. He's not capable of playing at a high level, so he's not going to um, play.
3: First first of all, I want to say, talk, going back to what we were just talking about with the coaching, have you guys – I've never rooted for my team to lose, no matter what, even when they were going for the number one pick for Eric Johnson. I've never rooted for them to lose. Last night, there was a big part of me that was kind of like, okay, Blues, just play the way you've been playing – then you gotta force the hand, right? I mean goes out the door if yeah. they lose that game.
4: I said that earlier. I want I was wanting to force the issue. I wanted to I was almost I wanted to see what would happen if we lost another game. To right. a team that was struggling. And they came in here and and we actually Really should have lost that game, <laughs> right? And so they they had the um, the uh,
5: obligatory picture of Tom Stillman, and it was immediately after O'Reilly's hat trick goal, yeah. And several right? Unemotional, and several people pointed out on Twitter um, he must have must much more important things on his mind, right? And uh, yeah, I mean, I I we talked about this right uh, about how the nhl uh, doesn't fire there have been two coaches fired after wins and you know so it would have been a surprise had they pulled the trigger today but
4: it only in the respect
5: that it doesn't happen often if they would have fired yo today it totally makes sense to me
4: oh i yeah over the past couple of weeks it makes sense to me from the fire but um he said, uh, when, as far as Bomeister being out, uh, he said, uh, Yo says, it's a shame bomeister is taking so much heat with all he's battled physically. Which, and he said he has not recovered fully from his hip surgery yet. So
3: why is he fucking playing?
4: That's what everyone is asking.
3: Not even why is he playing? Why is he on the fucking top pairing
4: i know I, I, it what I, you think you want to try and like limit his play against the top line of the other team or limit his minutes or i don't know protect him protect his hip if you have to play him i, I like i said it, it, a fucking horse is loose in the hospital <laughs> it doesn't make any sense
3: uh-huh. And, and let's let's be honest here we talked earlier in the season about by what what do we say by december jay bolmeister is going to be out with a long-term injury quote unquote um i think that's kind of what we're seeing here this is this is the, the 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 prepping us this is the prep for surgery here this is the all right blues fans yeah look here this guy's been hurt the whole time get off his back he'll come back again and then soon enough whether it's the next head coach or it's Armstrong making the call, oh, you know what? He's actually not healthy enough to play anymore.
4: You know, it's not so much even Bowmeister that I'm upset about. It, it's yo, because it's the usage. It's the usage of Bowmeister. I mean, I, if the guy, I mean, the guy's old. I'm not, I, I, I'm upset at the way he plays, but that's not, he's trying. It, it, it just don't use him, don't put him in a position to fail. And, and that's what Yo's doing, and I, it d- makes no sense to me um, at all. It's like he, is, he has no balls to play Bo Meister on a third pairing consistently, or to scratch him consistently, or to not play him if he's not hundred percent. I just, I mean, there's a, too many coaches do this. They they give way too much respect and uh, uh, to older older veteran players um, when they really should be scratched. Should be knocked down in the lineup and not played as much. I I, I don't, it's going to cost Yo his job and he just doesn't get it. So, and uh, Jim Thomas said that, uh, let's see, I talked about that. Korak said uh, on Twitter, uh, and D will be the healthy scratch against Carolina. Yo threw a nugget that some days here, well, let's see. some days here will allow him to get some more therapy on the hip, which says he's not all the way back from that. So then we cover that. So that again, so Shen's out physically can't play Thomas is in the lineup. So do you guys think Thomas is going to play on Friday?
3: Okay. Wait, first of all, let me, let me get back to that little nugget there with, with here I just want to say, and, and not to completely talk about through the whole episode, but my, my problem with that comment there um, is that that's what, Every, not just again, not just this show. Everyone has been saying, "Don't play Bo Meester every game. Give him a couple games off. You get back to back. You get three games and four nights. Three games and five nights. Give him one of those nights off. You know, and maybe he's probably going to be fine as a third pairing defenseman. But now it's after all these people. And again, I'm I know they don't listen to the fan base, but." I mean, everybody can see it. You gotta rest this guy. You can't play him eighty-two, and here we are in in almost in mid-November, and the head coach is finally saying, "Yeah, I probably need to give him some games off <laughs> here and there." Really, you think so?
5: I don't know. Maybe it's just me being a superstitious goalie, but um, I wouldn't play him again until we lose. Oh, when he, I, when he doesn't play, when he doesn't play, we win. So, yeah,
4: even know. even though the game against Carolina wasn't very good, we still won. So you don't look a gift horse in the mouth at this point. You just kind of roll with it. Right. Same thing. Right. With,
5: same thing with the goaltending.
4: Jake Allen doesn't
5: get back in until Chad Johnson loses.
3: So you guys think that um, were any of you after the second period, the Blues have a lead where you like, oh, somehow Jay Bollmeister is going to come off the street and get back on the first pairing. <laughs>
4: <laughs> if he was in the lineup, he would have been. Yep. God, which which is so sad. I don't know, you know, whatever. But uh, okay, let's see. Uh, Spoon fudge. You,
3: you asked a question about Thomas.
4: <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, do you think he's going to uh, play on? I've, no.
3: Mm. Again, I think that it's a situation where you can't change the lineup. I'm with Bill, but it's, I think they're they're going to. Yeah, they're gonna so, they're gonna sit him.
5: So are they gonna are they gonna send him down? No, no, they're oh. not gonna send him down. They'll they're, scratch They're him. gonna sit on the decision. They'll scratch him. if they can. If Shen's not available, right?
4: Well, if Shen's not available, then, then they n- play him. They, they but, play him and they embrace. So him. if Shen's not available for maybe one or two more games, they're gonna burn a year of Thomas's contract, even though they might not do that if Shen's healthy. It, they there should be no consideration for sending this kid back to the O. I agree with you. I I think they should keep him up here what they are going to do is not what they actually do and what we think they should do is not often the same for but
5: and maybe that ties into the the whole discussion about you know where what happens with this team if if they're going to keep Mike Yo and they're going to allow him to you know relegate the guy to fourth line minutes even though he's got the best vision and the best hands uh, outside of Ryan O'Reilly, so far this season, he, he hasn't been able to put up numbers because he hasn't been put in a good position uh, to, you know, to be successful. But when he's been with Robbie Fabry, he's looked great. Um, you know, but if if you're gonna have Yo being the guy that's gonna dictate it, I don't know. Maybe he is better off not learning from that
4: jackass. <laughs> uh, in the uh, YouTube chat, Spoonfudge says, uh, "Coach Q will end up with an- with another team. Stop dreaming." I love all these people that are so, like, absolute with their statements mm-hmm. as far as, like, uh, uh, what's going to happen, what isn't going to happen. They're so, like, matter-of-fact positive 100%. It's like they have instant information. It's like, you know what? You have your opinion. I'm not I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm just saying that uh, he doesn't know. Nobody knows. I mean, Darren Drager didn't know for sure. So, um, I, I it, 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 he may end up somewhere else. He may end up here. We have no idea. Uh, Brian Luck says trade done for someone like Lucic. Lucic? No, <laughs> no, no, no. He's suspended. He got Some, suspended tonight. Somebody or, like Lucic? You mean Pat Maroon? Not suspended. Yeah, he didn't get suspended. He got uh, he was tossed for uh, attacking. Who was he? Who did he attack? He attacked somebody tonight.
3: Uh, the, one of the Lightning players. Yeah. Um, a Kid, one of the kids. The yeah,
4: face. he might, he might get something for that. Wow, a lot, a lot, a lot of talk here. I missed. I gotta scroll up. Let's see. Trade done for Lucchesi. No. Um, Spoonfoot says you're nuts, Bill. <laughs> Trade Dunn, Are you nuts?
5: Uh, I didn't say that. No,
4: he was not. I read oh. him backwards. Oh. Uh, that was to to Brian Luck. Oh. Uh, he okay. also says uh, Johnson is not playing until he loses. I think he means he's not sitting until he loses. That's what I meant. <laughs> you, you know what I meant. <laughs> uh, are other local podcasts going to join you? Um, I I don't know. Maybe if we open it up here soon, we should open well, up right who? now.
5: Let, let's ask if, this question. If we're going to open it, yeah, we
4: yeah. should. We should because we're just we're we're glazing over this game anyway. So,
3: um, so you said you want another local podcast to join us? Who do you want to hear from? Spoon Fudge?
4: Yeah, right. High five, Jeff. Air five. There yes. Smack.
5: Wash your hands. <laughs> He's in jersey. Uh,
4: yeah. <laughs> I can smell my hand. smell. Oh. Hand. <laughs> um let's see. What else we got? Um So this was this. I mean, the first period was interesting because the blues jumped out 2 0. Um, which was great. So, so
5: let me tell you my experience with that. Okay. So, I got home from work about seven o five, and fell on me to cook dinner last night. You know, even though I'm getting home at seven o five. This is a
4: rant. It's not really a <laughs> rant, but
5: so I had the game on in the background, and I hear what's going on, and checking in. You know, watching a couple seconds here and there, and like, okay, nothing, nothing. And then you know dinner's ready. Uh, go eat dinner and come down to the basement to see the uh, you know what's go- what happened at the end of the period. Oh. There are four fucking goals in I- five minutes.
4: <laughs> Here's the thing with that first period. The first and Jeff, uh, let me know if you did you watch the first the entire game. Yes. The, I did. Okay. So the fir- within the first minute, those two saves Johnson made. The first yeah. one, impressive. The second one, amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it, two arm saves, one, one uh, left arm save, one uh, blocker. And uh, it was, the second one was amazing. It was a really, really good save. Um, and I, and I, I was thinking, and of course now with the goaltending questions we have, you, you, I instantly think, would Alan have made that save? <laughs> Everyone thinks that. And I was thinking, would Alan have made that save? I would say no. Because I would say most goalies don't make that save. Not to say that Johnson is amazing and makes those saves all the time. He happened to make an amazing save that most goalies don't make. I would say Allen doesn't make that second save. And I, I would say we're down one nothing in the first minute of the first period. That game could have gone completely different since we were outplayed for half the game.
5: I just think this whole segment speaks to how low our expectations are of goaltending right now.
3: Well, that, and, and I think that... Not to that, take
5: anything with Chad Johnson was a good save. No, it, it was, we've,
3: was. We've talked about before game-changing saves. And the Blues, again, not to completely shit on Jake Allen, the Blues need to play better in front of him, but at the same time, you need your goalie to bail you out. And that right there was a game-bailing save. He saved his his whole team on that play, gave them confidence... They go out and have a great period after that.
4: And to talk about how, uh, the blues respond to a nice save the hurricanes in that game. Uh, Johnson made a save. It went, uh, I mean, it's barely a save shot off his pad off the post. And then he made the rebound and uh, made a save on the rebound. And the blues went down and Fabry scored his goal. The first goal since 2016. So, I mean, immediately. So, uh, Nice save off the post and then a really nice save on the rebound and the Blues go down the ice and score. That's something that you haven't seen. A not really nice big save and the Blues take that momentum, run down the ice and score. That's, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that, that, that Johnson's a better goalie than Allen. What I'm saying is, is, like what you said, Jeff, momentum-changing saves are a thing. They are a big deal. And they happen. And we haven't gotten enough of those from Allen. And we, we saw a couple in Carolina, or mm-hmm. uh, against Carolina.
5: Let me correct you. We've seen one of those by <laughs>
4: Jake Allen. And
5: it was on the play right before he was removed from the Blackhawks game.
4: The, the <laughs> third Blackhawks game. Yeah. So, anyway, that, that and the end of that first period was interesting. I, I, I love the fact the way that was responded to Carolina tying the game, or uh, making it two to one, uh, with, what was it? Uh, 29 seconds, 26 seconds to go. And then, uh, O'Reilly scores with like what five seconds to go. That was fantastic. And Uh. and
3: to me, that's, that's a, that's a sign of a, a really good team. And I'm not saying the blues are a really good team; They're not right now, but that's what you see out of the good teams. They, they give up that goal late in the first period and that, is deflating. I mean, we've talked about uh, deflating goals like that in, in the opening and closing minute of periods, uh, and it's just either you know it it just it, it it hurts. It hurts so bad, and and you're just thinking, okay, let's just get to the locker room. Let's try and come out and have a good second period, and you just kind of try and let the clock wind down after that goal scored. Blues didn't do that. They 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 instead of laying back on their heels or uh, uh, letting the the play come to them. They go on their toes, and they go on the offensive and start climbing into that offensive zone and, and get a scoring chance and pop one in. I mean, that's that's what you want to see out of a motivated, good team. And uh, I think it's fair to say we haven't seen that a lot from this Blues team. So seeing that fight and seeing that drive at the end of the first period was uh, uh, something that, that definitely uh, you hoped resonated for the rest of the game.
4: I think the it also helped. We had a power play. So that was – we. You know, they as far as if it was five on five, mailing it in was a lot more realistic of a scenario to kill off the last ten, fifteen, twenty seconds, whatever it was. But uh, you're on the power play, so you've okay. Let's let's try and get one here before the period's over. And O'Reilly's goal, I think, um, a number of his goals this season. I wanted to talk about this. We've we've had issues in the past with with players. Well, oh my gosh, we got a whole bunch of great scoring chances. And we just couldn't finish. How many times we in the past year, couple of years, we say that? Mm-hmm. Oh, great chances out, out chance of the team. We just couldn't finish on enough goals to win. And O'Reilly is the guy that finishes.
5: Right, he's he's buried everything. Yes, he in- and
4: he he he. Or or how many times you hear the broadcast crew say, "Oh man, I think he's elevated like a foot. You know, get over that pad." Mm-hmm. O'Reilly does that we we live with this let's call it Paul Stastny syndrome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything's all in the eyes. Like, God damn it, you're you're a professional initial hockey player. You should be able to, you know elevate. Elevate it. that puck. Yeah. And and uh take uh, the the goal is taken away the bottom of the the bottom of the of the goal, then you should be able to elevate it if you can. And yeah. O'Reilly elevates it when he can. Uh right. kind of the way OSHA used to when he was here. We he would elevate stuff uh for no reason, which was I mean, helpful. I mean, you don't ever know, you never know when a pads come out of nowhere on the ice and stop you. Right. So and
5: that I mean the the release on that second goal, the goal five seconds ago in the in the first. What what a shot! Yeah. I mean, he's he's it's coming back against the grain, and he's releasing it before he comes across his body and picking a corner. That is a tough shot to pull off, and it was it was flawless.
4: Granted. That the goaltending by McGillicuddy, Hennessy, whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> Oshak Hennessy. <laughs> Oshak Hennessy. Uh, <laughs> um, I, did, I didn't think he looked very good, but um, uh, that was a short. Th- I mean, granted, nice shot by O'Reilly. He did beat him high. short. It was short side, though. Right. Um, right. Those, aren't, those aren't good goals to give up, but still, it was a very nice shot.
5: Yes. Curtis, Oshak Hennessy, McElhaney <laughs> is not. Hurley.
4: <Herli-Hee. laughs> <laughs> is not the uh
5: you know he's in the Jake Allen level of caliber of NHL
4: starters yeah and uh and he, that he shouldn't be one right <laughs> <laughs> and you knew coming into this game that uh that Carolina took a lot of shots they led the league in shots of, they averaged 40 average 41 shots a game or something like that it's nuts so uh and they got 39 on us last night Outshot shot is 39 to 20 Damn near, pert near, two to one, and, and we won f- four to one.
5: Because we got saves,
4: <laughs> we got saves, and we were we were opportunistic on our chances, and they didn't get great goaltending. So the yeah. combination of all that is is a, is a win. Um, I don't, I don't, I think if we play the way we played, uh, if we play against San Jose the way we played against Carolina, we'll lose. But
3: oh. You Definitely. Know, yeah. That's, that's, another, that's another Minnesota drubbing. Yeah.
4: So I I think the Blues need to be a lot better. I hope they realize that. And O'Reilly touched on that in the post game interviews. He said we had a terrible second period, and they did. So and and they also had a bad you know third period too. well not as bad, but they're outshot. Let's say twenty five to nine, over the last two periods, second and third. Um, and Johnson stopped thirty eight of thirty nine. So Chad Johnson's stats this season now are he's one and two, one two and zero, with a two four seven GAA and a nine one nine save percentage. So his numbers got bumped up dramatically from last night's game. Small sample size for Johnson, so a, a great game is going to reflect uh, heavily on his numbers. Jake Allen's stats this season four and three with a three nine nine GAA and an eight seven nine save percentage. Three nine nine GAA. One game that's like twice played. what you want it to be. One game he's
3: played in <laughs> Dude, where we haven't given was... up three goals. Yeah. Grant Fuhrer had those numbers, man, and he was he's a hall of famer. Oh, yeah, Grant
4: Fuhrer's a hall of famer. He had those numbers, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's let's talk about eras. <laughs> Let me explain era to you. <laughs> yes, how
5: how many times do I have to say it? You cannot could compare pre Patrick Waugh goaltending to post Patrick Waugh goaltending, right? And and again, it's just I my mean, plug for why Patrick Waugh is the greatest schoolie of all time is because the era swung on him.
4: The uh yeah. Back back in the day, back in the pre WA, uh a nine save percentage was good. hmm Was real good. Yeah. You wanted to be nine or better. And now it's like nine you gotta be nine two or better. Yeah. So
5: And Jake Allen has not been that no, over he's, his not career. Even,
4: he's not even close this year. It's just I mean eight Eight seven, seven.
5: nine. Ah. <laughs> it's really bad, it's guy. Like eight, and it, that means eighty-eight percent stops. Yeah, right. That means twelve percent go in.
4: So, and someone commented on it. Might have been National Network or NBC Sports. I forgot where I, saw, where I heard it, but it was interesting comment. It's like guys with eight seven. You know, guys with they were talking about Allen, and it was like it, it was a little lower at the time. Like eight seven six or whatever it was. Guys with this low of a save percentage. Don't stay in the NHL very long. Uh, they no. just don't. So
3: unless your name's mm. Curtis McAlaney. Uh,
4: Curtis uh, Mac- McGillicuddy. McGillicuddy. <laughs> 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 uh,
5: Dr. McGillicuddy's...
4: Yeah, I I have their I I had his vanilla liqueur. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah.
5: He has Dr. Pepper liqueur, I think too. Do, he's oh, got uh, yeah. butterscotch too. Yeah. It's quite good. Yeah.
4: Put that in some hot chocolate. Mm. mm. <laughs> uh so no practice today which is wednesday they played soccer instead they watched video and played soccer mm. apparently jay Bomeister played soccer today for the first time ever one of the players that plays like the little soccer game they right. play uh said yeah hey, Bomeister played that he, he never plays he's never played before i'm like oh
5: hey me too well, guys that, he's me not too. doing anything else am i <laughs> right
4: <laughs> right
5: <laughs>
4: uh so, closed our meeting today we talked about it with Armstrong and Yo. Thomas wasn't discussed, which I find again weird.
5: Right. I find it weird just that it's a talking point.
4: I I find it weird too that Yo said that the decision on sending Thomas down or keeping him up was 100% on Armstrong. It Yo has no it's not his call at all. Which is weird to me. Right. Because you're the head coach. Do you think you think you have some input whether Thomas is going to be useful to this team this year or not, or how, how you know, get a feel for how you'll feels about Thomas. But I guess in the end, it's, it's army's decision, which is weird. Yeah.
5: Just the, the whole thing seems weird. It, it, you know, I was thinking earlier uh, while we were talking about this, that it, it, I wonder if, if that wasn't so much a closed door meeting as like a, you know, defend your job, job, type job interview kind of thing. And, and Mike Yost coming out and talking to the press about it. And, yeah. And Armstrong's like, yeah, we didn't talk about Thomas. <laughs> I was expecting you to, and you didn't bring it up, you fucking moron.
4: Like, what they talk about? Yeah, what they talk about? They weren't talking about Thomas or, you know, it's like, yeah. I, I mean, who knows? You wonder if his his job security was talked about or, I don't mm-hmm. know. We, have, we Coaches so are hard to be fired. Just,
5: w- just wanted to
4: let you know. We can't afford Quenville. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good that's a good point. I, I, the whole not affording him thing is initially something I didn't consider. Until I started thinking about it, I'm like, oh, "What the hell? You got to pay him, mm-hmm. you know?" And it's going to be a lot of money. So, although, you know, he's a few years removed from a cup. <laughs> so, how much can he really demand?
5: Yeah, but it's getting are, old. You, you're, you're, you guys, you're at least going to take a nice vacation, if not through Thanksgiving, through the end of the calendar year, and that, keep collecting that paycheck. That might be too late for the
4: Blues. Yeah. So,
3: are you uh, are you guys watching the the YouTube chat here?
4: I've uh, ha- off and on. Oh, so there's, hey, there's, Lance is on here. Okay. So
3: yeah, so there's a gentleman there, Steve Cropper, and if you go back through and you look through all of his tweets. I'm pretty sure he's watching this on a pretty lengthy delay because they're all about the sharks. (laughs) So I think he's, uh, Steve, if you catch up to this moment, you are on a lengthy delay, my friend. He might
4: be watching it from the start. Yeah. Yeah, You know what I mean? Because he started at the start. Yeah. You can start at the start.
3: Yeah. I know. It's just funny to be having this (laughs) comments come through in a live show from an hour ago.
4: Lance is in the uh, chat. Hey, Lance. Shout out to Lance. Uh, yeah, Steve Cropper. Oh. Sharks cannot uh, seem to hold a lead. Oh, wow. Yeah, Brian Luck. Steve Cropper is reacting like Jake's glove. <laughs> nice. If we had awards to give away for the uh, YouTube comment of the game, that I think that might win. Wow. Oh. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. So, as I mentioned before, Yohan Thomas, uh, he said he actually thought last game was a bit of a step back for Thomas. He watched some video with him today. Obviously, he made a nice play to get an assist there, but the complete game has to be there to be a centerman in the National Hockey League, which apparently doesn't apply to defensemen. And Mike Yo <laughs> knows this. Why? It, it sounds like it's, this is a soundbite. This is like, oh, you got to play a complete game in NHL if you're going to play in this league, unless your name is Bo Meister or Petrangelo or right. because they've earned it or 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 uh, Berlin. <laughs> or anybody, no, anybody man, else have played in the past
3: you guys are missing the fact that he said he specifically oh. said centerman yes so it only applies to centers sure
4: sure he did he did he did, he did give him an out i'll give you that yep that you can play any kind of game right you want there. as a defenseman She's apparently so apparently yeah.
5: nashville just Scored 2.8 seconds to go in the second on a power play. Beautiful, beautiful shot by Forrest
4: Disgusting. I'm going to tweet out the link to join us on the show. If you guys want to join us uh, to talk some hockey real quick, we'll open up for a few minutes here at the end of the show. Uh, I do want
3: to emphasize the word quick because it is past midnight where I'm at and uh, I got to be up early. So Yeah, well, you know, let's that's it. I
4: fail to see how that that's my problem but
3: (laughs) it's past midnight in
5: Jersey it is there
4: you go so yeah we'll uh, jump on uh, give her two cents and then uh, so and then let Jeff go to bed (laughs) (laughs) thank you yeah we uh, check out the Twitter account at LGB radio and the link to join us live on the air is on there so if any of you guys want to join us for a little bit you can um so blue's social media fails. Uh, so we have got a few of them. I don't want to do the first one now. <laughs> this <laughs> is
3: your thing, though. This is my man. thing. It is my thing.
4: I, it is. It is my. Okay, I will do it. I'll do it. So uh, I'll do the first one. Somebody else take the second one. Because the second one's funny. This one's more serious. Uh, so okay. So this is this. I have I. I the, our our friends over at the Blues Hockey Podcast, um, which I, I we had a uh, who was it a um, Dan Buff a week or two ago tweet out something about uh, folks just retweeting reporters like news and announcements and things, and uh, without any kind of a putting their own twist on things. Korak tweeted out before the. Uh, Hurricanes game he says Chad Johnson off the ice first will get the start tonight and then the, the, uh, a Twitter account called The Goalie Project then retweeted that commenting and saying Chad Johnson confirmed <laughs> it's like yeah we know you don't want to add like your own little comment to that and then our friends with the Blues Hockey Podcast which they're better than this they can do better than this they said Alan gets a game off and then tweets it out I'm like you know I want to I give these folks a piece of advice, and this is what I do. You can do whatever you like, but I think this is, I think this is a good rule to live by. If you're going to retweet something that someone like Korak or JR or Jim Thomas tweets out, don't retweet it and say the exact same thing they say. That's weird. That's weird to me. Retweet it with a comment, with a be funny or put a spin on it or disagree or something you know comment give your take on it don't don't just retweet the same thing they say that's really weird to me it's like okay yes see this everybody corex says that johnson's starting tonight here you go guys johnson's starting tonight <laughs>
3: uh, so, so guys uh is. so i want everybody to stay tuned for kurt's next show uh how to tweet podcast
4: yeah yeah because because I'm an expert at this kind of thing no, you know no 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 it,
2: guys uh, it's gonna be Kurt's guide for dummies I how to, I'm,
3: yeah. I'm sorry sir we have we're yet to introduce you yeah hey,
4: so, I <laughs> could tell you we're going to don't don't make me get the hammer out Lance Damn this man. is uh, this is Lance from the drop podcast who's joined us. Thank you for joining us Lance. How are you this evening? I'm doing fine. How are you gentlemen? I think I can speak for us all when we're when I say we're fine but frustrated. Uh, it was
2: a win last night, but it wasn't a good win, but a win's a win.
4: Yeah, you know, a win's a win, but uh you want them to play better. It's
5: a win's a win, but if it keeps you employed, is it a win?
4: Yeah, that's really a yeah, they that's a good point. You yeah, I I've been kind of struggling
2: here with myself, uh thinking I want the blues to win, but do I want them to win too much under Mike Yo? Or it- do I want them to kinda of tank a little bit and see if they can get Coach Q in here. I'm I'm just struggling.
4: It, is that Lance? Is it, Lance, I'm
3: I'm going to be with you. I was actually struggling with myself a little early, earlier tonight too.
2: <laughs> I bet you probably were in probably a lot of different ways.
4: So asking the Blues to uh, kind of semi-hope the Blues lose is that what the phrase means? Can't win for losing when they actually when they win a game that you kind of want them to lose in a in a weird way to force the issue with maybe a coaching decision that may be being made soon. Uh, you can't win for losing? You,
5: yeah. <laughs> you, you may have cracked the code on that one. You I might have. have.
2: <laughs> it's, it's the Da Vinci code, and he's cracked it. Oh. Uh, you know, I wanted to talk about Coach Q, and one thing that people aren't talking about is everybody wants him here. I don't think there's any Blues fan that doesn't want him here. But does Coach Q want to be here? Does Doug Armstrong want to give up some of his control? You guys just talking about, you know, the whole Thomas thing. Does Armstrong want to give up control? Does Coach Key want to be here? And by the way, he's still under contract for the rest of this year and the following year with Chicago. Uh, The Blues would have to get permission to talk to him from Chicago. Is Chicago going to want to do that?
5: Yes, because it gets them out of from underneath the contract.
4: Yeah, that's But it also gives their rival a very good coach. Well, if they consider him a very good coach, they shouldn't have fired him.
2: Well, I, I think that, that is, that's just the GM talking there. The GM of that team, since he came in, him and Quinville have not gotten along very well. He's done things that Quinville didn't like. And don't get me wrong, I want the guy here, but I think the Blues uh, fandom on Twitter and Instagram are asking the wrong question. It's not as, how quickly can we get Coach Q here? The question is, does Coach Q want to come here?
4: Uh, that's the million dollar question. Well, two Six seven million, million, seven million dollar question. Yeah. The, the two, the two four million dollar questions are <laughs> does Quinn, would Quinville come here? And two, would, is Armstrong close to firing Yale? Yeah. So that's, we don't know either, and nobody does. So, yet, which, so, and this was, which is why we're talking about this. So I, I think, uh, I think it's something that, uh, when an entire fan base is behind it, I mean, it's there's something there. I mean, it, it, I've very it's not too often you see this many people rally and be on the same page. I mean, really, this is this is nuts. I, I've ne- with I've never seen this much one-sidedness with anything on social media, except for now. I when uh you know there was the anti-Hitchcock folks for a while that you know that wasn't a, a a massive movement uh there was a bunch of people but it wasn't massive this is massive this is and rightfully so I think can yeah, you remember
3: and- the last time that blues nation was this united I mean I know we talked about it earlier but I can't think of a situation that people are, even the retire 44 that is a divided
4: subject which is crazy to me. I don't understand that this, at all. This is, I don't understand not, that at all either. That that shouldn't be divided.
3: divided. This is not a divided subject by anyone.
4: No. And I think that means there's that and that that's telling. I mean it's not it should be telling as far as the state of the blues goes. I mean the fans I mean when, when there's this many fans around that rally around the same uh, and are, are backing the same thing it's there's there's substance there. There's something to that. You, that, it can't be ignored either.
2: No, I, I don't I don't think it can be ignored either. And the only thing that concerns me is there's other teams that are going to want him. And there's got to be at least three or four other teams that want Mike Hill. I mean, the Oilers, they're not happy with their coach. The Red Wings want to win. The Ducks and Randy Carlisle, that's a dysfunctional situation. I think there's other teams he might go to. But my whole thing is this. He's had success here, uh, not Stanley Cup success. Is he? Does he want to come back to St. Louis and try to get that cup? But I think it's a win-win for him because if he comes back to St. Louis and they don't get a cup, but they're constantly in the top couple teams and they compete every game and he's got them playing well and they make it to the second round of the playoffs most years, I think for the longest time most Blues fans, at least for three or four years, would be happy with that. Yeah, we won a Stanley Cup, but I don't think anybody's happy with Mike Yo's coaching job.
4: No. I that's I think that's a that's a that's a safe statement to make. A universally accepted truth. Right. <laughs> uh the uh the second uh let's clear out and finish the uh, social media fails here, the uh Sabres fan on Twitter talking about uh replied to a tweet from the NHL. So the NHL tweeted out to hat trick Ryan O'Reilly about last night's game uh with the with the hurricanes. And a Twitter account called uh, Sign Skinner Now said uh, Sabres still won the trade. Uh,
2: Kurt, real quick, before you get into that, I had two people from Buffalo tweet me and basically said the same thing, that the Sabres are a better team than the Blues by far. And they are a better team with Tate Thompson, Sabotka, and, of course, Berglund. Um, I tried to get them to maybe go in a different route and say, listen, you're not a better team than the Blues. You've played two more games and you've only got three more points. Number one. Number two, with O'Reilly being gone, maybe some other guys got the opportunity to play, but to say that Berglund, Sabotka, and Thompson have made you guys a better team, I I think you really need to look at what you got in return and what you lost.
4: You know, I mean, it, it's really a stupid thing to say. I I I, I think that it I mean, it's the homework comment of all homer comments. I don't the Blues got the better player in the trade, by far. He's playing out of his mind better than anybody that Buffalo got. The Thompson's not even playing every game. Nope. And he's the best player they got in the trade. Uh, uh, Berglund and Saboka combined have what four points or something like that. So. Yeah, I, yep,
2: I think four points, a total of two or three goals between them.
4: Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it, it's not, it's not good. So I, I mean. But it's also not March yet. <laughs> <laughs> right, true. true. Berlin's good for a half dozen goals in March, right? Berzel's yeah, he's good a- for six or seven goals in
2: twelve games in March. at least yeah. yeah.
3: eight goals in March. Yeah,
2: you know what it reminds me of guys. It reminds me of when Doug Armstrong pulled off that Braden Shin trade. You don't know how many people from Philly, tweeted me, and said, "You guys just got scammed. We got Laterra in a draft pick, and what? and you got stuck with Braden Shin. He's not a top six guy. What is wrong with you guys?" And I even got that through. Part of last season. What was the so I,
4: what was the name of the uh, Jeff the the lady we had on from uh, Philadelphia? Uh
3: oh, I'm drawing a blank. Um, Driver. Stephanie Driver. Step Step yes. Driver. Yes.
4: Yep. Uh, she was uh basically laughing about Laterra, <laughs> 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 and that was great because she 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 she's on a podcast there and she she helps uh she does uh some web stuff for I don't know was it was an SB Nation I think their 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 Philadelphia site. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and it was, and so she was basically, you know, on board with our sentiments towards Laterra. So I think, I think, you know, some of the, uh, you're going to have your Homer fans make your stupid comments, which is what mm-hmm. we saw here and which I'm sure what you were in contact with there, Lance. So sure. that's, <laughs> which it's fun to talk <laughs> about, but yeah. uh, I, I would, I would imagine that that cannot be the, uh, the, uh, majority opinion.
2: Well, and another thing I wanted to say is, I was just thinking about this the other day. I know I haven't brought it up before. Do the Washington Capitals sit there and look at the waiver wire and what guys are available and go, "Hey, he played for the Blues. Let's get him." How did Yaskin get to be on the Capitals roster?
4: You know, Yaskin can. I mean, it depends what you're looking for. If you're looking for a defensive forward, I mean, he's he's a, yeah he's a fine defensive forward. I just I mean, same thing with Berglund. Yeah, well, Good defensive I, I'd rather have Yaskin than Berglund. I think
2: Yashkin's more consistent and more physical. I think Berglund can be plus, physical, but a lot of times he's soft. Plus, Berglund's like more expensive.
4: Yeah. Did did, did,
5: did Yashkin make the top line tonight? So yeah, there was speculation he? that he was
2: going yes. to.
3: Did he really? Yes, he did. Yes.
4: <laughs> All right. Whatever.
3: Yeah, I liked what I think it was St. Louis Game Time tweeted when uh, um, I cannot pronounce her name, but the Capitals beat writer. Um Isabel she, uh,
5: Kurdishian?
3: Yeah, her. Uh what Bill said. She she uh, tweeted that out and then uh uh I think it was St. Louis Game Time retweeted it with a funny comment uh of um you you guys want to tell them or should we?
4: <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Uh the the last uh social media fail we got is um from Lance. No, I'm kidding. It's from <laughs> uh yeah. It's from uh, the same guy, Science Skinner Now, who said, uh, whose handle is All Things Sabers, by the way. Um, And it was in response to uh, a blues comment. So imagine it was a blues comment that made a a comment about um, O'Reilly, I think. So imagine having almost 1,500 followers and only having one like on your lame attempt at a comeback. The blues suck. Get over (laughs) it. What I think this is, I think this is funny. The last part of it is the Blues suck. Get over it. This is coming from a Sabres fan. So <laughs> so Buffalo, over the last five full seasons, where have they finished in the division? Eighth. Uh, eighth, eighth. Seventh. Yeah. Eighth. Eighth. I, look, and, and I said this and Twitter, neither team has ever won anything. So, but get the fuck out of here with your Blues suck nonsense. Because... You're a Sabres mm-hmm. fan. The Sabres have been the epitome of suck for the past five years. Haven't finished over 500 in the last seven years. You're squandering a generational talent in Jack Eichel. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. you're screwing the pooch. And you have been screwing the pooch for five years, debatably seven years. So it's like, you k- just keep your fucking mouth shut. And about- another,
2: another thing is, Kurt... I think in their first twelve games last year, they only got a couple ties and a couple wins. They had to go out and get three Blues players just to be where they are this year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they got the the Blues castoffs, and it made them better.
3: <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, yeah. Vladimir Saboka was on their second line the other night. Oh my yep. God. Yep.
4: So I thought that was funny. Uh, Sabres fan telling the Blues that they suck. <laughs> Like, yeah you know what the whole
2: telling thing is about the former blues players on the sabers watch the highlights the uh, watch the condensed game and watch the recaps you don't ever ever see Berglund or Sabotka or thompson on those highlights hardly ever have i seen them so they're not really a big part of that team i'm not saying buffalo sucks this year i'm just saying what the blues gave them was not really that much
4: um, our next show is looking like uh, I don't know, Tuesday the 13th prior to the game versus the Blackhawks the following night mm. or maybe a, maybe a post-game show Wednesday with the Hawks. I don't know. Mm. So either Tuesday night or post-game Wednesday, eh, mm. we'll talk about it.
3: Uh, I don't have a preference. We'll either coordinate
5: schedules. Yeah.
3: Hey, so so something we didn't mention, and, uh, and I'm sure that – those of you listening live have probably seen us tweeting about it, but uh, we did have a special bonus show last Friday uh, where we revealed the new Let's Go Blues song by Smash and Gene Ackman, so I just want to point that out for anyone listening live uh, that may have missed that news, so uh, go over to iTunes, Google Play, or letsgobluesradio.com, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, make sure you download that episode because uh, that is the only place right now where you can hear the new "Let's Go Blue" song.
4: Yeah, we should have uh, mentioned that uh, earlier. Yeah, that was that was a that was a that was a good deal. That's a that's a neat uh, a neat thing.
2: And For guys, time. that's Gene Ackman, not Gene Hackman, the actor. Just to let everybody <laughs> out there know. So, I like. I Hoosiers. would like
3: to hear Gene Hackman sing that song.
2: That would be great. <laughs> Are you a Mississippi Burning guy or a Hoosiers guy? I'm a Mississippi Burning <laughs> guy. I love that movie. <laughs> I like both. They're good movies.
4: Yeah. yeah.
2: You know, what I love about your show. Bill's always on his calendar, always on his phone.
4: He's always thinking.
2: He's yeah, always planning he's, ahead. Yeah. He's thinking a step ahead.
5: Yeah. <laughs> Getting caught up on my news.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so well, thanks Tuesday. for having me on tonight, guys. I didn't get to listen to the whole show, but thanks for giving us a few minutes. I know uh, Jeffrey there keeps looking up at the clock like he's gonna melt, like a or turn into a pumpkin or something.
5: Well, it's after well, midnight, in New I'm Jersey.
4: At- Actually, in looking, in, New, in New Jersey, they turn into crab apples.
3: <laughs> I'm just actually watching NHL Network, to be honest. But thank you for the concern.
4: We uh, Lance, we had on the guys from uh, Teal Town USA, the San Jose Sharks uh, yeah. webcast. So we had, we talked a lot about uh, the Sharks and uh, and the matchup tomorrow. So that was kind of that was kind of cool.
2: Yeah, I'm, i I'll have to go back and when you guys finally download everything, I'll rewatch it. Awesome.
4: Um, I think that'll do it for this show, guys.
3: Yeah, all right. thanks for coming on, Lance. Uh, you no want problem. to tell everyone how they can find you, interact with you, and uh, uh, find your show?
2: You can find all the episodes on droppodcast.com. You can email me at lanced at droppodcast.com. Also on Twitter at Show.
3: I just want to point out, too, that here on NHL Network, they're showing some Martin Brodeur clips. And uh, there was an Eric Weinrich signing <laughs> oh, oh, oh. What jersey was he wearing? He was wearing a New Still Jersey off? Devils uh, uniform. Oh,
5: all right. Uh-huh. That that was his longest uh, longest tenured team, right? That uh, the Blackhawks. wasn't the Blackhawks.
4: Was he on Philly? Yeah, he was on Philly too. He
5: was on Philly, Chicago, St. Louis. Yeah, I think I think
3: Blackhawks was his longest tenure. I team. thought he was with the
2: Devils longer.
3: Oh,
4: yeah. He, he plays a good team. He teams. started there. I mean, some historic franchises. Philly, yeah, yeah. Chicago, yeah. St. Uh, St. Louis. Yeah, good solid player. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
5: Earlier on NHL Network, I uh, and part of the reason why I was a little bit late to the show, young blood. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I was young blood. Even yeah, even though it's the TV edit and you don't get to see the best part. <laughs> so yeah. Cindy, again, what part, see part with was that? Oh, right.
3: yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I, we were watching that earlier, too, but uh, I do want to point out that Eric Weinrich, 356 games with the Chicago Blackhawks, 173 with the New Jersey Devils. Mm-hmm. Actually, 203 with Montreal, and then 215 with Philly. So Chicago, then Philly.
2: Then Montreal, and then New Jersey.
3: Yep.
5: How many games in a Blues uniform? He was here, right? Yeah, he was yep. here. Yep. One season? 85
3: 85 games.
4: 85 games. so a little over a season.
3: Yep. He uh, he wore the yellow tinted visor with the blues. Ah,
4: yeah. That's right. Mm -hmm. I like that for some reason.
3: Yeah.
4: And uh, Kurt Giles yellow yellow laces. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That'll do it for this week's episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. Uh, Thank you to Lance again for coming on on the Drop Podcast for... Jeff Ponder, Bill Day, I'm Kurt Price. That will conclude this week's uh, broadcast of Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone, Let's Go Blues. Cue to the loo. Cue to the loo. Yo must go.
0: Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Sport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available.
2: I think that went very well.
3: Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio.
1: Now take off, hosers.
2: Well... There's 90 minutes of your life
1: you'll never get back. Sorry.
3: Saint Louis Blues.
0: Saint Louis Blues. Have you heard the news about us? Saint Louis Blues. They've only just begun. They're on their way to number one. Now oh, there's no more blues for our Saint Louis Blues.
5: The Blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no
3: matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friend.